0: During 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines, and and that vaccine, a uh, key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up, so that you get almost no almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We
1: can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the
2: virus, don't get sick. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this.
3: Essentially, vaccines block you from getting and giving um, the virus. Fully vaccinated people
0: are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully
4: vaccinated, You no longer need to wear a mask. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. We have all the vaccines we need. We just need our people to take it. A, for their own protection, for the protection of their family, but also to break the chain of transmission. You want to be a dead end to the virus. So when the virus gets to you, you stop it. You don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person, I think given the country as a whole, the fact that we have now about 50 percent of adults fully vaccinated and about 62 percent of adults having received at least one dose as a nation, I, I'm, I feel fairly certain you're not going to see the kind of surges mm-hmm. we've seen in the past. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in ICU unit. And you're not going to die. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah.
2: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up. A concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, February 6th, 2023. have got a great show planned for you today with a special guest who I'll bring you in in just a moment. We've got a, some important continuations of conversations we're going to be having today around some really interesting developments. One of which I want to discuss in particular with the person joining me today about the kind of dynamic that's happening in regard to these mia culpa's. These false illusions of apologies. You know, please forgive us for not explaining it to you stupidly enough so you could understand. That's not really a, an, an apology, is it? It's it's patronizing. They're telling you that you're too stupid to understand what they did, and that's how they failed. We're going to get into what I think and discuss what we think that actually is and why that's happening. This is false divide. They really want us to think this whole thing is partisan when it's really not. And another dynamic on this, another part of this is uh, where we see a lot of these, this is in in particular what I'm thinking of, we'll get into is an NBC journalist, if you can call them that today, basically admitting or saying that the anti-vaxxers won. So essentially we won by seeding our false narratives throughout everybody else's minds, even as we prove this with peer-reviewed science. This is what's being said on the corporate media. We'll talk a little bit about some misinformation that I believe is part of this, you know, kind of counter, like not People that are faking to be against these injections in order to see the, the discussion with information that's net this partially true, so it can be dismissed, and then frame everybody like that. We're going to talk about what I called Fauci's cop out today, and a really important uh, article slash scientific study from last month, where Fauci is basically saying that these things failed and that they see that they failed, and they only figure that out by testing them on you. We'll talk about some interesting discussions of the WHO and where all this goes, and one last kind of follow-up to something I talked about previously, and to talk about all of this today, somebody who I really love having in-depth conversations with, co-founder of Pirate Street Media and host of Courtney Turner Podcast. How are you today?
3: I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm happy to be here.
2: Yeah, it's a great (laughs) shirt you got there.
3: Uh, Yes.
2: (laughs) question everything it's good to have you on unfortunately here just a funny note since i think it's just funny to note on the start she's literally right over there in the room across like right next to me we had plans to do this in the same room you guys see for the normal uh pirate stream podcast there's just some technical difficulties and we just didn't want to postpone the show and have some great stuff to talk about today so we just did it anyway but we're adapting that's what we do so make it work yeah but uh I really do enjoy with you in particular having conversations about actually, and this is one of the reasons why that the the subtitle of our name, Dialectical dissidence came mm-hmm. into play, is because this is you know something that we all agree on is very important in the conversation. So I wanted to start today in regard to the the I guess the Mia Culpa conversation, the false mm-hmm. apologies and so on, and start with uh this is a a video put out by Anna Breeze essentially saying, we have to listen to it, but the battle lines appear to have been drawn and there is no longer room for debate or discussion. Does this not worry you? Now, I think we all have a little bit of that sense right now, whether it's accurate or true. That's the second part of this. But I don't, we all feel that, you know, we're being divided or we are divided, depending on how you see it. And so she's basically saying that, like, this is a problem. And I think on the surface, we all can agree with that. Like, that should not be where we are. And there are some people at the very least leaning into that. What I said is it's my belief, and I, I think you share this, at least in some degree, that, that this is the corporate media's false divide and conquer representation of the actual reality. I feel that most are far more willing to consider another person's point of view than the mainstream media wants us to think. Now, that doesn't mean that it's 99%, but I just yeah. think it's more than they want you to believe. And right now, they're almost desperate, which is where we get into the mea culpa part of this, why I think that's happening, desperate to regain people's at least tacit, You know, not not necessarily believing in them, but just going along with what they do, right? So just first thoughts on this in general. Do you think that we are more divided than ever or do you think that they're trying to cover that up or something in between? What do you think?
3: Um, I I actually think it's a combination. I think they have created a lot of division and that that's their strategy, as you said, Mm -hmm. like divide and conquer. And they create these false paradigms. So it's a false dialectic, but Mm -hmm. they do that because people have a very hard time dealing in the shades of gray and doing nuance, which is where most things actually reside. Right. And I think that most people are willing to acknowledge that that's possible, but that requires some effort and it requires some discomfort. And so it's much easier to, you know, pick a side and choose a team and align with that. And then you feel the support of whichever side you're on. Right. And that's kind of how they win. So I, while I think that if people were to really take a step back, they would realize that there there is like a whole realm in between the two sides but i think that there are a lot of people who fall prey to that unfortunately
2: yeah. i do agree i do i guess my overarching point is i think that more than ever before we're seeing like i would say that if it, if the numbers of people that are willing to question the government trickle mm-hmm. past 15% they start getting worried right yeah. i'm at the point where i actually believe that we are going past the majority line and that's why things are getting so desperate where whether it's 51% or 75% people are pushing back more than they've ever been used to and i think that's what the desperation or the overcompensation is coming from that's kind so, of what i think.
3: I happen to agree with you there but i think this is where we get into some precarious territory because mm-hmm. they are they have really perfected this art of the false dialectic and mm-hmm. managed dialectics and so what they're starting to do now i or i would argue not starting but this is a tactic they're really refining mm-hmm. is to go within different uh you know, ideologies, schools of thoughts, and different uh, teams, quote unquote, if you will. And they're starting to create warring factions within those. And I think, and this is kind of how the the psyops work, because this is where disinfo campaigns happen. This is where, uh, you know, all of the, uh, the false narratives that are complete uh, distractions occur. So, I think that is where we get into, because people are, as you said, people I think are really starting to look, they're like, okay, this, something's not right here. And so they're starting to ask more questions, question everything, but the, now they're falling into other traps.
2: Yes. You see, and this is, it's just funny. This is exactly why, what I said when we started, like you, you have a tendency to think, I don't even want to say this term because it's like trump associated but you know in like third dimensionally kind of you know like the idea that you can think in things longer than or, or, or in a more broad sense more whatever the right term is mm-hmm. instead of just like two a, a, a binary situation where it's either this mm-hmm. or it's that or it's a that we need to think larger and i mean history shows us that's all they seem to do so the point being is that what you're getting at there and i agree entirely is that we're not just dealing with misinformation or or seeding false narratives we're dealing with people like for instance going back to things like or the green movement or occupy wall street where they Mm -hmm. co opt internally the movement and then manipulate it from within and now it's getting even more nuanced and and abstract than that today as you're you're pointing out where this is what i'm going to get into here is i think we now have entities that have been long long been seeded or grown within this in order to eventually derail things Like, we we must must believe the CIA or groups like this, if they wanted to, would be capable clearly of doing long term psychological manipulation. They have entire groups dedicated to that, right? So,
1: yeah. The
3: the term is definitely cognitive infiltration. Yeah. Uh, You know, and that's what they do, they uh, infiltrate different movements and, uh, uh, whether it be literal organizations or whether it just be schools of thought and camps of people. And they go into now with the technology, they go into these different social media groups and they literally infiltrate and then they plant psyops and they plant psyops to create warring factions. So I I think that people need to, you know, I I use the term wizard circle uh, or the sorcerer's circle and it, it's definitely not my term. I mean, this is what the hermetics called it. You I know, mean, mm-hmm. they literally thought they were casting spells. And because they put you in these binary traps, most people can't see outside of that and step outside to know where they lie. Mm-hmm. But that's really what we need. We need more people to ask questions and step outside of the the box that's been and the parameters that have been set out for them.
2: Right. And not not to get uh mired in this conversation because one, I'm interested by it, and two, it's completely yeah. hard for people to wrap their minds around. But you know, okay. this whole spell, you know, historical <laughs> the concept is, you know, is, is that not what it, like it back then the point was that they perceived it that way, it's you know, it's perception. But the same mm-hmm. thing's happening today. So just mm-hmm. because we perceive it differently, is it not still the same thing? It's just think about that. In in the historical context of, you know, what they so call spells or magic mm-hmm. or any of this kind of mm-hmm. stuff, a lot of it's just lack of understanding and that we see the same things happening today and the same people believing in the manipulation as long you know that's it's interesting, interesting to think about at the very least
3: I, I i'll say this very quickly without getting too mired in it but regardless of whether or not they actually literally cast spells i i don't claim to have the authority on the answer of that but I, that i don't know but i know that they literally believe it they believe sure. that they can uh conduct this it's essentially black magic. And this is why they're, they fall under the Gnostic category, because they worship esoteric knowledge. Now, esoteric knowledge in itself is not necessarily, I mean, seeking knowledge that's, you know, hidden or lesser known isn't necessarily in itself bad. But what happens when they occult it, they make it hidden so that mm-hmm. it becomes a stratification uh, and a class system. And then they can weaponize the masses who don't have that knowledge. Right. That's and, where and- it becomes problematic. And yeah, that's and I where agree. even if the, even if it's not a literal spell, it acts like a spell because people don't know what's happening to them and it becomes a psychological operation, which they fall prey
2: to. Which, yeah, I mean, again, it's just it's, it, we're, people new to this. We're not out there literally talking about spells and magic, essentially. Mm-hmm. We're simply talking right. about one that people see it this way as they mm-hmm. perceive it. But again, I argue that think about the line drawn there. Are we really are they even different? You're essentially mm-hmm. manipulating right. with hidden, you know, the, the strings that people can't see people's actions and long term thoughts and what they then, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about. That's all. And, and I think mm-hmm. that they ultimately becomes just the people in authority that have the ability to manipulate those below them, you know, and it, and it goes yep. historically deep. But that's something we should talk about you and I in general to, to yes. quite honest. But going forward on this, so this, they were talking about the, the, the manipulation within. So, like hypothetically planting people in the left or the right circles to divide them from within, as opposed to even you know, left versus right or even deeper than that. And this mm-hmm. is where I would get into the concept of, and I just, this is just, this is an article I, I highly recommend everybody read, despite there being certain things that I might disagree with, like mm-hmm. the, the level of threat from COVID in general. I think we would disagree on the writer of this uh, pl- uh, article. But it's really well done, and the point is generally about the COVID amnesty conversation. Mm. And first, just the main one we just talked about, but how that was really the first step. And I agree with her that her argument is essentially they're trying to test to see how we might respond to different narratives. And this was the first, you know, let's call this one percent apology, right? And then the okay. next one we saw was, you know, maybe five percent. We're like, okay, they didn't buy the let's all forget everything and move forward. How about that? <laughs> no one wanted <laughs> right. that, right? This one, as you as we talked about, is essentially like. Well, you know, as you can see in the article, we made mistakes, we were wrong and we still are That's like everyone's like, thank God they finally said it. But when you read it, not even between the lines, the point of the article is essentially that we just didn't explain it well enough and we we, we kept things internally when we should have showed you. So it boils down to, again, that you're too stupid. We made the wrong choices by not explaining it well enough and everything else is still going to go forward. The, vac- the vaccines, everything. So, so go ahead. I'm
3: oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, no, I'll
2: keep going. Go ahead. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, this is the same playbook, right? So right. The, the elites have been doing this for, uh, you know, definitely a, a century, if not much longer, but the, the same narrative that they've been, uh, execute you know they've been projecting and then the the agenda they've been executing with the the Malthusian type of neo-feudalistic type of sentiments they've been saying it all along Mm -hmm. you know the people like Bertrand Russell there was a Lord Birkenhead well over 100 years ago and they've laid out these plans and essentially I I mean look at Rockefeller you know Kissinger Rosinski they all talk about this and essentially their attitude is Well, we told you, and if you're too stupid to get it, then that's your fault. That's why you're a useless eater. And that really is their attitude. And it's not exactly the same point, but this is very much related. That Time magazine article where they basically admitted that they break the election and they laughed in our faces, right? Right. Because that is them showing, hey, yeah, we know what we're doing. And we're laughing at you for not getting it and for putting up with it and for perpetuating it.
2: Right. And, and, and pretty much just saying like it's, you know, to a lesser degree and more on the surface that it's OK when we do it, but bad when they do it. And it's the same kind of foreign policy mindset of the, the people in power, which does seem to show you some kind of an internal divide. But I think we've always seen that you know, the technocrats versus the old neocons or however you want to define it. You know, there's a, but ultimately all, they all want to control your lives. So that's, that's where they agree for sure. Yeah. And
3: it's not hypocrisy. They're showing you that that's their way of saying we're in power. We have Mm -hmm. control. We can do whatever we want. If it were hypocrisy, it would be a double standard, but they, that they don't have those standards for themselves.
2: Yeah. And, and they set
3: the rules for everybody
2: else. Yeah. In this article, she makes the same point where essentially it's like you'll see that they they often make these the, the what she call it, the circular no, I forget what the word she used, but just the kind of logic where you're not really pointing at anyone in particular. It's just kind of like, we made mistakes. You
5: right, know, this right. language
2: where it's like, okay, who are we talking about right now? And in what way? You know, you don't get into any of that. And yeah. ultimately they made she made the point that Often throughout history, in moments like this, they make those kind of statements, but then nothing ever changes. And so this is just a pacification all, uh, overall. Now there were points I'd highlighted, but really the yeah. point including this, I just recommend you read this. It's a really great article. Okay. It's just to get this to have the conversation about where we are with the COVID amnesty, the plea for it, how this is about really manipulating the way we perceive the new direction, if it's even new at all, and ultimately about getting us to, you know, feel like things are at a point where we're moving forward, right? I mean, that's ultimately mm-hmm. where all this comes down to. But we've seen, and again, in a way that we've like had some kind of like amicable, you know, we, now we're on the same page, which is just not the reality, which is the same kind of the game I'm talking about where they pretend that we are more divided than we are. You know, they present us with this false reality, and then they get the minority that I believe is the minority of the parties to chip in and argue about how that's, you know, basically becomes this set narrative that even we have to engage with. Right, And th- mm-hmm. and it, I think all of it's false at this point. And this brings me to this: this what we're looking at yeah. is that you have the people – and uh, tell me what you think about this, people okay. like the media personalities or the pe- members of Congress that I really genuinely believe, and I think it's transparently obvious, that they have no idea what's going on. Like they're completely – I mean some of them may, right. to one degree or another, maybe entirely, but by and large I argue a lot of these people think they're in the know but are just mm-hmm. completely being manipulated. So this is a senior reporter for NBC News. Yeah. But here's what he said. Now, y'all just, you all just tell me first what you think this means, whether he believes this or this is some kind of a manipulation. Either right. way, uh, this is interesting to talk about. He says, for all material purposes, the anti-vaxxers won. Their decades-long goal, as if we're all on some kind of website working together, right? <laughs> all anti-vaxxers, but the decades-long goal to seed their lies into the mainstream and get moderates to both sides, a typo I think, a hate campaign on the backs of people grieving unrelated death has been an unbridled success. This will become apparent in the primaries. Is it worth it? Is it worth it debunking anti-vaxxer lies now? doesn't seem like it. They own the pipes, sort of like Hotez keeps trying to say, which is just not even remotely true. A huge portion of this country now believes that vaccinated will all be dead within five years because the viral posts shared in neighborhoods and church group chats and Facebook groups. Because that's all it is, right? A couple of chat groups and moms. You know, it's like, it's just wild. The problem now is the information ecosystem risks being consumed whole by the lives of anti vaxxers since their messaging is dovetailing nicely with corporations who are desperate to get people back into offices. I don't even know about that point. If they ensnare the exec crowd and they're trying, that's the ball game. Anyway, I'm back to work soon, but what's, to what end? It's a, it's a good question. The tide is turning toward immensely cruelty based on pro, immense cruelty based on profitability, profitable, excuse me. So I'll give my comments after. What do you think about that? Uh Well, I
3: mean, there's a lot of propaganda there. You know, mm-hmm. he's trying to they they've labeled the, the term anti-vaxxer, which, of course, you know, mo- most of the people who are opposed to this mRNA technology or this, you know, viral vector technology that has been unleashed, uh, most of them are actually not anti-vaxxers. Right. There is a whole group of anti-vaxxers who have been around for decades screaming about what is in these va- so-called vaccines, which... You know, is very, very questionable. You know, yeah. completely outside of this. And even if you subscribe to the the narrative behind vaccines and why, you know, according to the the virology model, why they're necessary or beneficial, mm-hmm. the adjuvants and the policies surrounding them, especially since the Vaccine Compensation Act of 1986, mm-hmm. are just. You know, at the very least, people should really start investigating. Very few people question vaccines, start do- doing that research and come back pro vaccine. So, real,
2: real quick interjection check out yeah. the expose, put up a great article outlining, like, simply just asking the question. And I, this is what I argue we should be doing is that have vaccines been the leading cause of illness throughout history since their creation. I think, mm-hmm. just think about that. Don't push back. Just look into it. It's an interesting subject. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, it's a very interesting subject. And I'm especially... speaking of the chat,
2: by the way, not you. Feel free to push back if you want to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Go> <laughs> um, I, I, I definitely would argue that, that yes. I mean, when you look at most of the vaccine uh, testing that's done or the creation behind the vaccine, they do these various testing models, and usually there's an outbreak of whatever that illness was as a result of their uh, vaccine that they've created supposedly to stop that, that illness. Right. So, I, I mean, that's the first thing that I noticed is there's just propaganda trying to put people into categories and label them when most people don't fall into that at all. I mean, you know, there are people like you and I and people in the media or people who are, you know, looking into this diligently day after day. And the most of the population, not most of the population wanted to get back to work. You know, wanted to be able to take cruises with their family, you know, you know, didn't want to kill grandma. And so they took it or felt compelled to take it and then realized that there were some very, very significant consequences as a result, either for themselves or for loved ones who were injured. And that's what has spawned all of this. It's not that they were, you know, diving into this research and they were questioning the authorities and the government. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to pigeonhole these people who are anti-vaxxers as being somehow, uh, you know, dissident and somehow problematic. So right. I mean, that's the first thing that really stands out for me. But I, I agree with you. It is a way of trying to divide that people fall into these camps. And the truth of the matter is on this issue, that's just not, I think that because they push so hard on this, people have really, as you alluded to, started to ask so many questions because it's yeah. like, most of them are like, I don't fit that label at all. Why are you putting me in there? And now they're like, okay, what's going on? I'm going to dive a little yeah, deeper.
2: Right. This is see, this is where it gets so complicated because that's the moment when I go, okay, was that the plan? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so now that we get to that point, is that be- is that them? clumsily pushing too hard and causing the opposite of what they wanted? Or was this a carefully thought out plan to get people to push back on this so they could justify the new thing? You see what I mean? It's it's impossible because you, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, that well, they... I
3: think it's a combination. So I think they absolutely have a plan and a strategy. And part of the strategy is to label and to weaponize. So, you know, they by calling people anti-vaxxers, they're hoping that people will feel shamed and uh, coerced and that they'll, you know, apologize, or they'll fall in line. But I think then what you have is that you end up having these people, you know, the the, it's a hierarchy of messaging, and Mm. not everybody is going to be skilled. So you have a lot of people very clumsily, messily, uh, trying to fall in line and push these narratives forth, and they mess up.
2: But see, I, I agree with that entirely. I think that's always happening. I yeah. guess what I mean is that you just wonder whether or not like like let's just go even further. on, like the general and then I'm going to get into this because mm-hmm. I don't think we have an answer. But like, you know, we're looking at the vaccine scenario right now. And mm-hmm. a lot of us are thinking and I, I agree that we one is not even something on the table, it seems. But we have we successfully seems seem to have stopped slowed down. I mean, I've never seen them admitting things like this, or like, to me, it feels like we had some level of success, but Mm -hmm. I still stand back and go, okay, or... Was this the, was this the entire plan? Like everything that played out and the way we responded, like, so I, you know, it's, I don't have an answer to that. And it's not really fruitful to ask that all the time because you never, Mm. you know, you never feel like you're having any kind of wins, but it is worth asking every now and again, because in this kind of scenario, I wonder if this is a long sought setup. And I, I just to be clear, I don't really, I think if I had to guess, I don't think this is the case, but I wonder if it might be just to set up the justification for whatever they bring out next, because that's we're going to get into Fauci's article where they're mm-hmm. essentially laying the table, setting the table for some, the, the next generation is what they're calling it of yeah. these injections. And this might be the True. way to, to sell that. I don't know. Here's so
3: I, I think that they do what they do is they kind of they beta test and they uh, war game several scenarios. So a lot of people are familiar with the lockstep document, which was mm-hmm. actually page 16, 26 of uh futures from a no what was it uh scenarios from a technol technological future right? right it was a rockefeller and johns hopkins mm-hmm. document that the full document is a little over 100 pages i think 110 pages right. but what they did so people are very familiar with lockstep because those uh 10 or so pages were very reminiscent of what happened in during 2020 with covid right however there were several other scenarios there was like hack attack and uh I don't remember the names of all of them, but there was, I think three other kind of war game type scenarios that they could have executed. And if you really study all four of them, that you can see that they use pieces of each of them. I mean, cyber polygon is is in there. Uh, So I, I think that they, they throw things out and they beta test and they usually do things kind of, you know, decades before it's usually about 20 years before. Mm. And, then they they gauge the response. So, I mean, they don't know how the masses, they've done enough uh, studies on uh, psychological operations and they've done enough uh, psychological warfare testing to have a sense of how people will respond, but they can't, I mean, they don't actually have crystal balls. So they have to then, you know, pivot based on how the right. masses respond. So,
2: right. I still think it's just interesting, you know, assuming that they wanted people to get injected, which I do think is the obvious most likely possibility or scenario that it seems interesting that by overpushing they effectively caused people to question all of them. You know, if that's the way it went down. My thought originally was just that they I immediately jumped to that next level because I can't help it, but I think it's interesting that, you know, they it shows desperation if that's what happens. Now let me let me read through this in in regard to the um Andy baxters one. First thought in my opinion was that it's somebody else commented this that how exactly do you even think that's a valid argument? How, so not. winning was allowing 80% of people to have a shot in their body. If that's actually the true statistic, I question that too. Yeah. Or I mean, how, at what level do you feel like you can argue that what, whatever this phantom anti-vaxxer category wanted? Mm-hmm. Like the whole point is this is what it comes down to. What they, this is the, the kind of arguments that they have is their bread and butter. The same thing they do with Ukraine or white supremacy, whatever else it's these under the surface things. Their point is this anti-vaxxer movement is Mm -hmm. all of us, anybody, anywhere, apparently we're all working together and we've had a decade-long goal to intentionally seed lies. I don't know why that even makes sense. I guess because we don't like vaccines or because we think that they're dangerous. So we want to lie about them in order to stop them. I mean, see, there's no connective logic in all of this. Well, and then it goes on. Oh, good. Ahead, go ahead. Sorry.
3: No, I do want to interject there because that was the other thing when they kept saying that it's lies. uh, You know, that that's a very Alinsky type tactic is they mm-hmm. just project whatever it is they do. They project onto their enemy. And uh, I mean, the where are the lies essentially? Right. And I agree with you yeah. that the anti-vaxxers won they definitely didn't win. I mean, if the anti vaxxers won, they wouldn't have rolled the things out. We wouldn't be on like booster after booster.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. So. Well, and to your point about the, 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 I mean, this is the interesting part about this. This is, so essentially the lies, right? So we've seen the lies, but this is a guy who works for corporate media and either is unaware. I mean, again, it, does, it depends on whether you think this guy's in the know or not. And what right. he's pointing at is some 2020 narrative and has no idea what that, that that's not right. He or doesn't seem like he's it, in the know. I don't I I agree. But or he's, you know, on the other side of it, trying to see this for another reason. But the point Mm -hmm. is, either way, these so-called lies have almost entirely been proven to be correct today. I mean, everything is collapsing, the the risk, the the effectiveness. And that's where we'll get into the Fauci part where they're Mm -hmm. now saying that they failed. Not that they failed because we didn't do what we were told, but that the vaccine technology failed because of X, Y, and Z. But yet they were willing to push them for three years, and Fauci right now still tells you that it's the right thing to do. Like, it's completely contradictory. So what he's saying is that we won with our lies. I mean, he's probably still thinking about whether it goes into the blood, about myocarditis, about whether there's risks. Like, and he's just saying that those are the the narrative now because we won by getting those in there. Who cares about all the peer reviewed science that says it's the truth? He probably actually believes that they have been tricked by us. Like, think about how crazy that is. Anyway, yeah, go, I, go ahead.
3: He doesn't uh, strike me as somebody who's really. I, I think he's kind of. I, I don't actually know him uh but just based on this he, he looks kind of like a puppet serving his puppet master yeah.
2: yeah i agree i agree and 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 then of course they have to focus on the campaign of hate which, again, I mean, you could point out of people like, I mean, there was, a, first of all, the nuance of anti vax so You got RFK Jr. and all these others that are vaccinated to the teeth, but they don't like the COVID vaccine. Right. Right. That was my
3: initial point. Yeah.
2: And, and I believe even RFK even admitted early on that he got at least one, right, because of his wife's thing or whatever. Or at least I think that's how it went down. I don't even remember how what that got. The point is that these people are openly okay. saying that they are not anti-vaccine. They just point out the problems. It's interesting
3: because RFK actually has exposed a lot of uh, traditional vaccines. Yeah.
2: Very much so. Yeah. I mean, like people could debate about whether you think he's got the right intentions or the bottom line is there's been a lot of stuff that's come out through that platform that has been important and whether that's a design for something else, I don't know. But the, 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 campaign of hate is just really it just it, what they're trying to do is the same old argument that if they disagree with the government narrative then they're dangerous evil malicious people despite oh. the fact that that's been the opposite throughout this whole thing even according to peer-reviewed science that by and large it's been the vaccinated discriminating against the unvaccinated that was a peer-reviewed study that found that you know well, I, I think it was nature i
3: always say that uh they one of the main tactics of uh you know these people is uh, to use the compassion trap Mm-hmm. Because they they kind of play on people's desire to be liked and to be perceived as nice, good people. Right. So by saying that you're being hateful, by you know questioning their narrative, even though evidence, you know, it's like believe me or your lying eyes. Like you know, the evidence is right there, but they're they're saying you're a hateful person by mm-hmm. questioning it
2: this is why we have to remember that there are a lot of people out there that aren't maliciously doing anything that they, yeah, they true. what's interesting is they're doing this because they want to be a good person. They're just either not like intellectually able to discern that this is a manipulation or whatever it is. Right. It's just remember that we shouldn't hate on all these average people that are manipulated. Like, you know, right. you choose how you want to go forward with them as a friend or whatever else, but just right. don't forget that they, a lot of these people are manipulated. But the next part was on the backs of grieving unrelated death. And this is of course, a knock at the whole collapsing athlete idea. And and again, arguing that everybody everywhere is saying everything is all this. And I don't even think that's actually happening. This is where I get into think, I think uh, there's probably some people out there that are jumping the gun and that happens on all sides of any party. But I think by and large that they're pretending that anybody on this side is doing all this and the same thing on the other. And I don't even think that's even true anymore. So this is where we get into this kind of setting up this false dynamic so we can pretend that we're all being, you know, back and forth. And the last part of it was, uh, is it worth debunking them? So he's kind of going like, "Well, I guess not. I'll just give up, and move forward because they won." Like, what? Are, what are you even? Ta- what are you? Six years old? Like, what kind of argument is that? But so I guess he's just going to give up and sullenly go forward. And even down here, he's kind of like, "What does he say anyway?" Back to work soon, but to one end. Man, my life sucks. So-. Like, just this. Like, who are you? Who are you screeching this at? To like, it's just so funny to me. It, I don't know. Anyway, well, I think it, in a way
3: this. it's trying to, it, it, it's being, it's incredibly condescending is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we, we shouldn't even bother because, you know, it's so not even worth it. Yeah,
2: of I, course I think, he's right. He's the, he's the right. forlorn hero going like, I'll just not push back because that's not the thing. He's but I'm right. The hybrid, right. right? <laughs> God. So, so here are just come comments in response to this. Just, you know, a lot of people, some hot, some with big profiles, some with not. Him, Mm -hmm. this guy saying, well, Ben, you've got one thing right. We, quote, anti-vaxxers, the standard euphemism for informed consent advocates, are winning. We are winning by telling the truth and exposing the lies emanating from the government to mainstream media. Wholeheartedly agree. Theo Jordan says, check out this pathetic thread of a self-preservation, which this is the best one, of self-preservation from wholly owned mainstream media puppet Ben Collins. We shouldn't even address anti-vaxxers points because they've won. (laughs) I agree with this. So stupid. Are you going to give going to... uh, to go back to hammering that dystopia beat, bud, your fraud has been revealed. You have no clothes, as in reference to the emperor wears no clothes. Right. Uh, That's Pete, great. <laughs> I love it. Pete Peyton Alexander says the anti-vaxxers won, even though less than 3% of the U.S. population remained unvaccinated. When they cast even total victories like that as defeat, they reveal how absolutist they really are. Great point. Winning was never an option. The goal is to keep you angry for eternity. Great point. I love that. Yeah. Um, oh and this was just me responding see this and this is where we get into you know a lot of people were posting this as you know we did it we won it's over kind of a thing and i I don't need to read it it's what i said before it's it's really just a patronizing sidestep designed to look like that and it does reinforce the worst parts of the illusion yeah and here are you know just some points about the things that he said we're lying about this is essentially just the vicky mail journalist saying it doesn't go in your breast milk. You're a liar. And then over here later and the next year saying, Oh, it does go in your breast milk. And that's okay. And it's like, you know, or, or every fact check you can possibly see saying that's fake news. And then later saying it is real, but it's a small thing.
3: Right. Just, the, the, my, uh, my favorite are the, the missing context. I, I did posted a video right, yesterday that. and it, it was just a video. I said nothing about it. Like just post a video, but it's missing context. I'm like, well, what context is it missing? Could you elaborate yeah. there?
2: I think your fact check is missing context. I think that's what's happening. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, because yeah. it, it doesn't even, most of those don't even get into like defining exactly how, if that's even meaning that it's true or false. It's like, so they left parts out. Does that mean it's real or not? Like the point <laughs> is they know that most people read missing context as in false. Right. That's what, that's what they want you to think. It's, it's really bad. And news newsflash,
3: everything's missing context. I mean, you can't put everything into a five-minute video,
2: right? Right, <laughs> like, or a tweet with limited characters. Tweet, you know, the point.
3: yeah. It's of course. I mean, even in a book. Course. I mean, even if it was an eight hundred-page book, I mean, it's going to miss some context. Like, you can't put everything in. So right. it's just it's a meaningless comment.
2: I agree completely. So here's where we get into some things that I'm really concerned about. Now, I'm not trying to make this like a uh, call-out kind of thing. It just so happens to be that this one account, I'm seeing a lot of people also start to get really... So I don't know whether or not this this person's account and the Substack are some kind of long-term internal manipulation or they just, you know, doesn't... I don't know. You guys decide for yourself, but a lot of people are starting to p- see and point out what I've been kind of feeling weird about this whole time. And the story we're going to focus on is one part of this, but I believe there's a lot of accounts like this out there or not that, are, that might be like this out there that I think are, are trying to kind of... Sile up next to this whole movement, and, and you know, and say all the things that they think we want to hear. That's why you'll Thank start you. to catch them and be like, "That's not what we think, but that's what they think we think." So you're mm-hmm. caught, kind of a thing, you know. But and and doing so to slowly drag it into more subjective, unprovable things, or I don't really know, but we know that that kind of stuff happens in counterintelligence and like foreign mm-hmm. policy. So we know yeah. this is a real thing. So I don't know if you saw this story, uh, this ICD-10 billing codes discussion, and it's been, National Post put out an article. As far as I can tell, this is being almost entirely, possibly intentionally misrepresented. Now, maybe I'm wrong. You tell me what you think. This is discussing how CDC, as he titles it, creates these codes, billing codes for doctors, which have existed for a a long time. They didn't create them for this. So that's already dishonest, I would argue, to keep track of people who refuse to take a vaccine. Also, you could argue that's what they're effectively doing, but you're basically massaging the data, if that to make this look like something that is going, oh, my God, they're tracking people that aren't like and, and I'll show you what I mean. And As he writes, this mm-hmm. is shocking. Doctors will now report those who refuse COVID vaccination. Not really what seems to be happening. And I'll show you what I mean. In as delinquent, not that's not even in the conversation. This is you mm-hmm. basically get they, you have a code now where you can put it down based on your current status. Now, that may sound concerning, and I agree. I very well could be used in very malicious ways, but it's been in existence long before COVID-19. These ICD-10 codes are used to differentiate between whether you've gotten certain treatments, whether you're partway through certain multi-faceted treatments. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Now, it doesn't mean it can't be used, or it doesn't mean it hasn't been malicious since its incite- since its creation. But I just want to point out how this seems to be misrepresented. Okay. They will do this, he says, by using these codes, but what do they mean? Of course, then you've got to pay to find out, but that's not what we're going to do. Here is one of his posts that I'll just show you a couple of these. He keeps pushing this really strange. CDC issued codes for doctors to label their patients delinquent. I don't know anywhere that's quoted, by the way. So that's one thing that really, when you quote something, that implies that it's directly from something. I don't, delinquent, I don't even think is in this conversation. Again, if I'm wrong, please tell me because I I miss things like anybody. Now, here is a video he posted. I want to watch this and we can go to the actual documentation. Any thoughts before I play the video so far? No
3: you can go but right. i mean my my big thought right now is that they absolutely could you do, do that you know yeah, use totally. it too uh but that, that that's not what that's not what the code is so I, I i agree with you i think it's a misrepresentation but i i would argue that the this type of coding for you know they they set the groundwork so that they could be able to do these kind of things for a long time so yeah, well I i would go as
2: far as to say My opinion, 100%. I 100% believe that at some level they would abuse this system for the purpose of tracking people. But that's a very different thing than the way this is being presented. Now, you may call me nitpicky or whatever out there, but it gets worse than just this one story. I wanted to focus on this one story. Because I, I'm, we got to be very careful right now the way that like, we've been talking about today. These things that might be used to make it look like we have no idea what we're talking about. When they yeah. go, yes, that's been or, there forever. We are
3: discrediting the yeah. yeah. So we
2: have to cover this thing correctly or any of these stories correctly. We can't lean into because we think that's what they may be doing, even if we feel certain that they're doing it. You know what I mean? Like we have to be what we can prove. So Holy here God. is uh, – we have to talk about what we can prove. Here is this video with her let's watch this. And so he just says, breaking CDC to begin tracking people. or few." So multiple times he was saying this, pushing this out. And let, let's take a look at what this video from Fox News has to say.
1: And it was raging.
2: Little did the American public know at the time. CDC's plot to track the unvaccinated. You know, just it's it's it's, it's intentional framing that I feel is, is a stretch at sure. the very least.
3: What I think is instead of like the, this is definitely, I feel like an extrapolation of what could actually be occurring. Right. So it's, it's projection and it's inference and it's there, there's no quantifiable evidence to indicate that that's actually happening. However, there is, when you look into some of the documents of Operation, uh, Warp Speed, mm-hmm. I mean, there were protocols set up and technology set up literally to track and trace. To yep. me, if, if you're going to make that argument, that would hold a lot more water and that would make people look a lot more credible if you want to do an investigation to make this case. Whereas this is like, okay, I mean, you're, you're questioning somebody's intent that you really have no way of knowing.
2: See, you're all, see, this is the same, same point in the beginning. You're, you're 10 steps ahead of me. It's exactly where mine is going. And this is what's so great about this is that, so this is the, one of the big things I see happening a lot. And this is where the, I think, Spox and CNN's of the world play this role. This is where I was going to go to. And, this, and I'm glad you said it. This is the <laughs> Or we have Oracle or these uh, you know, Palantir type. Like the point is that we talked about this. Whitney Webb and I talked about this. She wrote articles about this. Monsef Salawi, Operation Warp Speed, and Donald Trump's administration right in the beginning made it very clear. He said this in multiple interviews. You will be tracked. Pharmacovigilance, not just during the trials. If you got this injection, they're arguing, and they don't say this on the surface today, yes. that you will be tracked for two years. Yes. To see what happens, right? And we're now seeing this play out. So the point, and this is the, this is why this is so ridiculous. So why go so far to argue that a code system that's already been there is right. some kind of malicious thing, which it certainly could be, while we know they openly told us they were tracking us from the very beginning. Yes, <laughs>
3: and it was in all of the contracts. Right. Right.
2: I mean, with all of the, with like you said, Oracle and Incutel and yeah. Right. And so again, just you nailed it. That's exactly where I was going. And so th- this is the the it, it doesn't. So are we arguing that Fox is unaware of that? So I don't even how you couldn't how you could look at this and not feel that at some level it's kind of meant to gaslight the bigger point yeah. and make you focus on something that the experts are going to go, well, that's dumb. Here's where it's been, it's been there for 20 years, you know? And then every and the people that may be on the fence go, okay, I'm not gonna trust them then. I'm not gonna look at their data because they're wrong, you know. This yeah. is how I think the game is being played.
3: I think you're 100% right. And I think it's a way of getting, you know, a lot of the more mainstream people who are going to be the people who are watching things like Fox, you know, and they're very easily swayed with this and they're very quick to discredit people who are diving a little bit deeper and who are following some of these money trails. Uh, Because they're, oh, no, well, that can't, you know, that's already been discredited. So we don't need to ask any more
2: questions. Right. I mean, that's the thing right now is that's kind of one of the earlier points we made today in the show is that I I believe and I think you agreed that we see we we have an almost unprecedented level of people that are, uh, you know, number of people that are seeing things that are questioning things never done before. So I think this is like a desperate act. They're going they need to get those people that are on the fence who have Mm -hmm. never been there before to go. Okay, they are lying. Okay, I, I was I wasn't sure, but now I can see, thanks to this report, that the people in the anti-vaxxer crowd are. You see what I mean? And that's where I think, and they're and they're winning to some degree with things just like that. So let, let's yeah. let's watch the rest of this yeah. this video clip, and then we'll get into uh, the 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 I guess the understanding of what the ICD-10 codes are and and Not why sure. this feels to me like a misrepresentation
1: yes. that the CDC was holding a meeting discussing the potential to track those who were unvaccinated. Well, the proposal was documented on page 194 of the CDC's September meeting packet, but until now, we'd never heard the plan on tape. Well, meet a little-known figure, CDC doctor David Berglund.
2: There has been interest expressed. So what you're listening to here is, is the meeting, the discussion, yeah, which maybe may, may or may not have been something that was eventually going to go public, but they've got and again, just so it's clear, and I think we all, everyone listening knows this. I have no, I, the, the CDC is a fraudulent organization that we should be calling out and not trusting for anything. That doesn't mean that every single piece of data that comes out is automatically false. It could, we should question it. My point is, this is a, they have a lot of these internal meetings that are just, you know, bureaucracy and BS. We should care about them all. But the point is that this is just the continuation of this and they're now pointing and you'll see what he talks about in this meeting saying we need to you know adapt to using these codes like we do for literally everything else we have before
1: mm-hmm.
2: and again that could be abused and i almost promise you that it will be but right. it, it seems like as you pointed out an abuse of this whole thing to make you think this is the point while they're literally tracking everybody and by the way we should not omit the part where you're literally being tracked everywhere all the time anyway everywhere you go that does not that matter too but i guess not <laughs>
3: whether or not you have a smartphone
2: seriously or just whether or not you've been injected they are there oh yeah hundred thousand different ways they could have already figured this out besides doctors telling on you to some system which most of them i mean and then we're going to trust the doctors are going to do i mean doctors some doctors don't agree with it some doctors don't care silly it's anyway so let's finish it
0: (laughs) and being able to track people who are not immunized or who are only partially immunized
2: Oh, and just when it says track, of course. Now, again, it could mean malicious things, but it's just the system tracking these people like they do after flu vaccinations, after they do for anything else, just so you understand the terminology.
0: And at the current time, there can be considered to be a significant modifiable risk factor for morbidity and for mortality, and it can be of interest for clinical reasons as well as being of value for public health reasons to be able to track this. Uh, NCHS is therefore proposing creation of codes related to uh, people being unvaccinated for COVID-19 and for being partially vaccinated for COVID-19.
2: Now, there's two things there, because we're first talking about people and the vaccination status and how that gets reported. Right. But yes, talking about the unvaccinated, having a code for that would be logical in the sense that they want to make sure they know, which that's concerning to me, right? Like they, mm-hmm. that's concerning yeah. for them to be. But again, the point is that if they know who's been vaccinated, which we know that they do, they already know who hasn't. That's an easy exactly. thing right. to figure out. Right. But the reason I think this is interesting is because you are talking about something that seems a little different than previous situations where you're choosing to track, but they make it unvaccinated. But here, here's where I think they're going partial, which they also seem to call unvaccinated in a lot of different locations. So it's like the, tracking of the people who only have some of them but the point point ultimately comes down to how are they going to possibly like at what explain to me the process where a doctor is going to have an opportunity to code somebody who doesn't have an injection are you telling me every doctor is asking every person every time whether they have an injection when they come in certainly possible i'm just kind of showing you that this doesn't feel like it even really makes sense in the way that the system operates if they wanted to like know for sure what do you think about that
3: yeah. Well, I mean, and how many people are outside of that system anyway? Exactly. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who don't like go to the doctor and not even just not regularly. There are people right. who really just don't go to the doctor and it's a, not a super small portion of the population. So how are they tracking them? Right. So it's, it, it's kind of a silly, I, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of tracking in general, but exactly. these codes yeah. have been people, the, the doctors have your entire records. I mean, they have a, And that's why HIPAA exists, because they have really a record of, you know, everything.
2: Yeah, let's finish this.
1: So it's not just a tracking of the unvaccinated, which is ridiculous. If you thought getting one or even two shots was going to shield you from being surveilled or tracked, medical big brother looking over your shoulder, you were wrong. Because after the presentation, Dr. David Berglund opened the floor to questions and comments. He was asked if those who had previously had COVID and therefore are rejecting the vaccine, whether they could avoid the unvaccinated code they were assigned.
2: Listen to his response. Now I mean, what, that's an illogical question, isn't it? Like, trust me, I understand why, I mean, better than anybody, how they're intentionally ignoring natural immunity, which is far, which is much more lasting, durable and robust, the terms they use than anything else. But why would a system designed to track people who are are involving in you know medical interventions, why would they have a category for somebody who did none of that because of something? Like, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Like, it if you, that would be unvaccinated since anybody who doesn't have shots and has natural immunity would also be unvaccinated. Like, it seems like this, they're going out of their way to make this a shock discussion. Am I, I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to me.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think they're they're definitely trying to... I just think they're also... They're trying to make this a shock piece when there's so much actual surveillance happening.
2: Right. You know, what about
3: the 15-minute cities? What about all the red-light cameras that are going up?
2: Yeah, which I think yeah. Fox has talked about. But the point being is that this is a hyper-focus on something that is meant to make the – like this seems like a, a presentation put together for what they think we are.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like So the people right.
2: that are going to react and go over the top without knowing for sure anything, but because Fox said – like, that, that's the kind of people they're aiming at. They, they at some level, think that we're all that. I don't even believe that for a second, personally. Yeah, no. I.
3: I... At
0: this point, it has been recommended that even if someone has a history of COVID-19, that it may be beneficial for them to get the vaccine. Which is
2: um... false and wrong. And I've got 15 peer-reviewed studies that argue that that's completely backward and, you know, yeah. on and on and on because of the variants and because of all this different stuff. So just to point that out.
0: So at this point in time, I would not um, disallow use of these codes. Even if someone had that history, we could use these codes together with the history of code. Uh, if someone wished to be unvaccinated, um, uh, that, would, that would usually not be recommended still.
1: Now, this was just a plan back in September of 2021, but boy, did they move fast. These codes were actually approved just two months later and went into effect in April of 2022, now we reached out to the CDC to get a better understanding on how this works, why they're doing it, uh, to allay any concerns over this tracking tool.
2: Well, we're still awaiting the CDC's response. Oh, CDC mandates. I guess they just didn't have the wherewithal to to look it up for themselves. I guess we have to make sure we can make it a big shock statement by going, they didn't comment. Oh, why, right. don't, you, why don't you take the time in this journalistic piece to explain what ICD-10s are? So that, you know, of course, because that would remove the novelty of your, of your display. Like, think how dumb that is. Like, you could, if it's journalism, you would have made a point to say, here's what this is. We did our own due diligence. But she's trying to make it seem like some opaque thing that no one understands and CDC is right. doing behind the shadows. And it's just, it's, so dishonest to me, even if they are tracking, just like she said. I can't stand corporate media. Everyone knows that, but it's just yes. so crazy.
3: <laughs> well, with good reason. I I will say this though. I I do think that their their tracking is for a plan because uh mm-hmm. you know the who which I, I see this here. Yeah, uh you know they have their pandemic treaty that has been yes, uh, uh recently amended, and they they keep going forward with this, and right. it, it really this. I mean, it goes so far back and we pretty much lost most of these, the sovereignty that they're claiming they're stripping now back in 1952 under Truman when they did uh, one of their earlier renditions of this uh, type of treaty. Mm -hmm. So I do think, though, that by the more they can track those who have not complied, then the more sanctions they can use moving forward as they roll out their next agenda.
2: Absolutely. And this is why this is, again, the nuance that people on, you know, that are on only two sides, the point is that we're it's, it's, it's not mutually exclusive. Like you could point out that this ICD-10 conversation is being manipulated and also point out that they are tracking us and they are yeah. and they will abuse this as, as they would anything in front of them. I just like, I just again, if they're literally using massive nationwide tracking systems that they told you they would in the beginning to track everybody involved yeah. in the situation, then yes. And, and here, you know, here's the way to extend that, because, yes, in that case, we're talking about people that are involved who've gotten an injection. But don't forget, they're also tracking everybody who ever got a test. They said this, too. And yes, that's damn near most everybody, I would argue. But then you've got this small grouping of people that have none of that. And at what point are those people going to be in a doctor's office telling them whether or not they have something? When are those people even going to open up their mouths about that conversation? Exactly. This whole thing seems ridiculous. But for those that want to know what this is, it says ICD-10 and then CM, which stands for clinical modification. It all stands for International Classification of Diseases, the 10th Revision, clinical modification. So it's not new. It's the 10th Revision. It's been around for a long time. It's a system used by physicians and other healthcare providers to classify and code all Diagnoses, symptoms, and procedures recorded in conjunction with hospital care in the United States. It provides a level of detail that is not is necessary for diagnostic specificity and morbidity classification in the U.S. Now, I agree. I don't like that at all. I don't like anybody cataloging my personal situations. So that's not to say that I agree with this. Just to realize that it's not something. It's some new thing that's suddenly happening, right? Here's right. just to point out: this is ICD-10 monitor. It's what they do, March second, twenty twenty-one, where they're already telling us, guys coding for COVID-19, right? So this argument that it's like some kind of secret thing, it has been publicly discussed. And as it says, there's only one uh, ICD-10-CM code, which is utilized, uh, and this this is in the COVID-19 conversation, uh, Z23 encounter for immunization. It's a generic immunization code. There's no specific COVID counterpart, which is kind of what happens, as I understand it, when new things pop up, they use generic codes that they have for that purpose, Mm-hmm. The conversation she's pointing at is the tip as it would have been for anything else to decide what they code they would use as something becomes more, you know, whatever word they use, transient or whatever else. Mm-hmm. The ICD-10-CM code indicates that a vaccination was given. The CPT code indicates that, a va- that which vaccine it was. I mean, it seems pretty benign to me other than the obvious points that we keep making that this could be abused like anything that tracks anybody.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The and- system itself is not really novel. It's the fact that it could be. You serve for nefarious purposes, but so can pretty much all of their systems. So So can
2: your cell phones. So can everything. I mean, it's exactly. Um, And and if somebody made a big news report today acting like some new thing called a cell phone is being used to track you, right? That's the equivalent of what we're dealing with today. Right. (laughs) So it says agencies announced the new ICD-10 codes for reporting COVID-19 therapeutics as effective April 1st. So this was reported November 16th, 2021. So even it seems like even what she just said is false, acting like this was some two month different process. That's more than two months that I can tell. Right. But I just it's interesting, like they don't even care that you can look this stuff up, it seems. And it says the the CDC and prevention will implement these codes for COVID-19 as of April 1st, seven new procedure codes for COVID-19 therapeutics and vaccines and so on. And then, of course, I'm just going to include this. So you just, this is national file. Uh, the, uh, the, oh, you know what? I think I might have said the nation before. That was incorrect. If I did, I'm incorrect. I'm talking about national file posting this, the federal government tracking people and so on. So you can, now you see this is trickling through the media because a lot of people will just post what Fox says because they you know, think that they can trust that and so on. And that's how this works. You know? And it's yep. interesting to me. So before we go to the next part, just any thoughts in general? I think we kind of you know, hashed it out. Do you have any thoughts about where that is and how it could be used or what you think about it?
3: Yeah no I think we pretty much covered it. I mean yeah. I I do think you do, when you were talking about Fox and the the sources that's just one of my pet peeves. I always say I wish people spent as much time adjudicating the information provided by the sources as they do uh demonizing or uh glorifying sort various sources or individual be been in yeah. very different places of
2: society. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, this is what we keep pointing out with like Twitter files and all this different stuff is they, they really it is cl- in a clear effort to try to change the way we engage with this stuff. And it's working more. I mean, it was already happening, but now I'm just overwhelmed people sending me screenshots or, you know, sharing these things and just being subjective or a lot, which actually, that was one of the things we'll I'll get into next year is that we have a lot of people uh, here. This is exactly that point. And then we'll get into some comments about that other gentleman there. Yeah. leading report who I'm not aware familiar with. It seems like a smaller platform 2000, but it seems getting a lot of engagement and this is what you're going to get. There's a lot of people There's like a, this. I don't even want to put names out there. A lot of people do this and it drives me crazy. Breaking. CDC admits a syndrome which causes the immune system to attack parts of the nervous system is linked to COVID. So not only is there not a link, but what syndrome? Where did you hear this from? Like, it's so frustrating. Like, why do you think the reason they do that is because and, they want to use the news to project their own career or to improve? Yeah.
3: And I mean, like, uh, they they claim to be like a news outlet. Like, how is this journalistic at all? There's no there's no credibility
2: Right. Well, like, in it profiles, people will say, well, there you go. Right. Well, do your own research. You can look things up. You know, it's like, well, th- so you just share a bunch of text. You have no idea if it's even true. That's what they want right now. They want you to. It's not about the news. It's about the clout of the person saying it. Yep. And that's where this is getting to. But as as Kyle, Kyle Becker said the same thing, like, we actually need to be able to check this. Can you post it? Which, you know, to you get a lot of – you read the comments. We we're like, do your own due diligence. This is so funny how people are so quick to attack objectivity. Right. Also, the name of the syndrome would be useful, right? And yeah. He, and he points out, it's guillain syndrome for the record. Thanks for – the leading reports reached out to them via DM. And here's what I said. I said – that's been admitted for a while. Here's a 2021 post from the CDC saying, yep, that's associated with COVID-19. Yeah. So I said, I said, sure would be nice if everyone put the truth before their careers and posted the source material for everyone so we could look further for ourselves. So I agree with Kyle, but even he didn't post it. Right, so it's like, Ryan, what just, is, what's going he on, course, He got us a uh, private uh, info from the LR. Right, and I don't even know if this is, necessarily the right information. Cause I now I'm assuming that Kyle got the right information. You see what I mean? Like it just gets ridiculous. But right. if it Gianbari, which he's suggesting it is, then it, that's been admitted since at least December, 2021, you know? So it's just, it's frustrating. This is happening. And then here are my points about a lot of other people. And there's, I've seen quite a few of them. Here's Ozzy 17 pointing out, he blocked this guy's account. Something seems off and he posts very old stuff is breaking, which is something I keep seeing as well from a lot of accounts right now, not to mention misleading or plain wrong like this one. Mayor, airline, CEO that pushed COVID vaccine mandates gets pied during news. Like, there's a lot of this stuff that's actually manipulations, not true. And this is Champagne Joshi pointing out who I'm going to interview soon. Anyone follow this guy? I may be wrong, but something seems off with this account. A lot of people are picking up on this stuff, thank God. And then last point, and you can comment any of this stuff. There's a lot of this stuff happening, too. Take this guy. I, there's a lot of people. You watch these spaces, like anti-vaxxers hate reading yo with all these different like this is this is supposedly Ian Copeland PhD and they act like they're 10 they're 10 years old in these conversations the way that they're laughing and ridiculing and here's what he actually says there's this there's that have you actually read it yeah because it's easy to read the, the system entirely <laughs> right it's-
3: system is it's like uncoding some like you know yeah morse code I mean, well, it's it also just an ongoing use.
2: system of years and years and years. So it's a stupid thing to right, like, but Have even, you read it.
3: Even to just look up something really pretty basic, it requires knowing how to do it. It is not a site to use.
2: And he said it's not designed to draw clinical conclusions, which it kind of is actually, but not ex- not specific like that we know for sure, right? And it says read the disclaimer on the site, and it and all it's really saying is all that we continue to know that we can't prove that everything that's being said here is in fact the case because it's, is, simply, course, it's simply the a reporting safe. site,
3: exactly. Yeah, but you know the irony of this whole entire thing is, which is vaccines in general, is that you know, I brought up the Vaccine Compensation Act of 1986. So they were granting these big pharmaceutical companies impunity, uh, you know, that's uh, when they created these vaccine courts. However, they only are granted impunity if the VAERS reporting was kept accurate. And both sides are arguing that it's inaccurate, right? The The people who are pro vax are like, no, this is wildly, you know, the people who are anti-vaxxers are saying it's only 1% estimated uh, reporting. And then the people who are pro vax are saying that, you know, no, it's overestimated. So,
2: well, yeah. yeah. The only reason they're saying that, by the way, one is they, they're they're not saying they know that, which I keep wanting people to understand because right. they're, they're they're saying, well, it's it's a bunch, it's unverifiable. That's what they're saying. Right? It's like, okay, well, then, so you can't it, to entertain the possibility that it could be the truth. No, because it's all anti-vaxxers. See, oh, you know that, do you? Right? It's like how many? How far into this are we going to guess? Right? It's just so silly how these very you know adults, educated people, are making really childish arguments because they don't want to be wrong. And Absolutely. so, to your point. It, that is the Harvard and HHS review of the system where they said it was around one yeah. percent of the total. And that's just an estimation, right? And yeah. then in UK it was something around nine, ten percent that they estimated. Exactly. Either yeah. way you look at it, they they tell you that it's almost a guarantee the system is underreported the total. So to exactly. argue now it's over the top is just really ridiculous. But the main point and I think is it like- was Harvard and Oxford, I think was the other one, right? Was it Oxford? I believe it was Harvard and HHS, but there could have been more than
3: one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but either way, of... these weren't like, you know, small, like obscure uh, right. studies. <laughs> you know?
2: Of course, if they said the wrong thing today, there are a bunch of anti Vax or anti-science yeah. conspiracy theorists in their mother's basement, like BMJ and the Lancet, you know, it's crappy old. It's just so funny how the moment they go afoul of the narrative, they're just like, oh, that weird blog. It's like, what? Yeah. That's what they actually called the BMJ when they came out with Brooke Jackson's story. It's like, oh, it's this weird health blog, the oh, British Medical Journal. <laughs> okay crazy wow but the the main point for me is that this is a a a signal system and this is the whole point this is what i said you know so he's saying like did you read it you have no idea this is a disclaimer i said says the phd that clearly does not understand or his income depends on him not understanding how a safety six signal system works Mm
5: -hmm. and this
2: is easy to look up as dr rain i always point out in the uk for the the yellow card system said uh, uh, was quoted by the Guardian in two thousand and seven, saying they do not need to be verified because the signal enough is alone that 's how it was designed mm-hmm. uh, so he either doesn 't know this doesn 't care and this right. my point is there 's a huge push from people like this to flooding the field, acting like experts and overall we 've got people on this side of it lying or misrepresenting or not knowing any better you 've got yeah. the people pushing what I would argue are half maybe all entire tr- all what am I trying to say? All false information, Mm -hmm. but ultimately trying to see it as a way that like they're on your side. Right. You know, just what are your thoughts on that? I just, that's, I'm just trying to paint this picture for people, you know, any comments on how that's, you know, working, how you think it's going to go forward. What do you think?
3: I I mean, I think that this is not like a new tactic. And I think that mm-hmm. people are going to continue to use it. I, you know, it's, it's obviously multifaceted because as you pointed out, there are people who are really doing it just to leverage their own cloud and their own careers. Right. And, you know, they have no uh, concern about the integrity of the information or, you know, the issue at hand. It's really all just a self-serving tool. Uh And then there are people who really are uh part of the, initiates for lack of a better word because i use that term just because that 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 is from top down it, right. it's really essentially what it is at at play here and it has been for thousands of years so it manifests itself in different ways but there are people who are at different varying levels of uh, initiation and they're signaling to their uh fellow initiates and that's a way of uh mocking the masses and the right. yeah
2: so and talk about, you know, that's the whole thing is this whole, this, and I'm not saying that you can't be smart and also be a complete clown, right? But just the right. Way this guy, if you listen to the way he talks using improper grammar, I mean, like I've listened to the spaces where he, he, they invite people on and then just yell and shout over them and say they're stupid. Like there's, and, and they only let like one person in, like it's, de- it's designed to make it look like they don't know what they're talking about because all they do is yell and collectively gang up and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And don't let them talk. It's embarrassing. Like, it's really, really bad. I listened to Steve Kirch try to talk mm-hmm. with this guy, and he was making valid points, and they just kept going, Nope, no false wrong, and laughing. And I was like, It was painful to listen to. Like, I couldn't even, and it was clear that they weren't even making valid arguments. But anyway, it's just, it, I'm very concerned about how this works going forward. You know, this, the Twitter files and the new Twitter system. And, you know, I think we're, I think ultimately going back to the mea culpa point, I think what mm-hmm. we're dealing with right now is the fact that I do believe that we had a success in the sense of, not get it, letting them fully achieve their agenda, and mm-hmm. we're, 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 they're resetting the table. That's what I think. And uh, what's... And they're, they're resetting the table. They're, you know, removing are yes. bad people. Fauci's on the way. out. We're getting new people coming in and new experts and new internal, like, a- you know, anti-vaxxers who are not really, but they're people that are being put there to act like they're something else. It's, it's concerning. And I think this I is... I think it's how- very
3: concerning. And, I mean, I do think that that's part of how they operate their system always, though. I agree. Is- You know, and they they had you when you read some of these white paper documents, they outline it like in Spar's pandemic, you know, it's where they wargamed essentially what we experienced in 2020. And they wrote it all out. They talked about having a big front man take the fall, uh, you know, so they could roll out their next plans. And so the people would feel, you know, some sort of a, a catharsis and feel like they were vindicated. But the reality is that he's just a front guy being taking the fall I and mean, they didn't name names, but they made it very clear it was going to be somebody who we, we would feel vindicated. Yeah, but I the agree. reality is we're not. And we were seeing this with the government, too. Right. It's the same thing as having all these these shadow governments that keep uh, operating long beyond their term. And they're mm-hmm. just carrying out the plans behind the scene. And then we ha- we, we pin everything on. You know, Team Red, Team Blue. Oh, it's you know, it's Biden, it's it's Trump, wh- whoever whoever the guy in the front and center is. When they're rolling out these plans that they've had in the works for decades upon decades.
2: Yeah, I mean, and really like that. We and it's not always that simple. I argue sometimes they're adapting to new situations, and yeah. you know, like today, like what we're doing. There, you know, there was multifaceted plans, and they're like, okay, execute this because this happened, and you know. But you're right, though. There are generalized plans like i argued the security state to the biosecurity state like mm, yeah. these things have been outlined and you can read them for yourself for a long time and and right. one of the th- Go Sorry,
3: ahead. yeah oh i was just gonna say i i definitely think that the, the plans they continue to roll out where they pivot is in the execution because uh they you know as i had mentioned before they beta test things and then you're gonna get different responses and i right. i do think that we've do. De- we meaning the people who are asking questions have derailed them a bit because, and I also think that the fact that the things didn't go so smoothly, the adverse reactions were, I think greater than they had imagined at first. I, I think they thought they probably, and this is just speculation, but I think they thought they had enough, uh, you know, placebos. I think they also thought that they had enough uh, variance in the, the batches and that they could fool people into not making the connection now there are some people who are very fooled and you know they make no association between their injury and the vaccine i've actually talked to some of them and sometimes that you just don't want to see it you don't want to think that something could be uh that devastating even if it had no nefarious intention you know just to think that that is something that could possibly be irreversible people don't want to see that
2: I, and it's kind of self-serving to lie to yourself. And I know people like that, that like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think my dad is in a, in a way like that, where you're kind of like, where cause he got his one, only one, and he now mm-hmm. sees it, but he, you know, it's like when you engage with them, it's kind of, at least when it first happened. He realized quickly that it was the wrong move, and I think instead of going like, "Yes, I get it," he was just kind of like, "I'm going to pretend it was the right move. Just I don't want to hear it because right. I'm already committed. So just shut up about it. Like I can't go back on this. So I might right. as well, you know. And I get like it's easier to go forward like that, you know, because like some of these people have four shots in their body, and they're now reading the science that says you're in danger. They're going like, yeah. like, what am I? Getting? I can't just. I don't want to think about it. Like I can't remove them, so I'm just. I'm not going to think more. That's what we're seeing. But we're not going to go out and admit that I was wrong because that's even worse. And that's why they've trickled to basically .1 uptake over the last so many weeks. But yet the the crowd still kind of is like, well, they're not totally bad. You know, it's like they know. They know and we can see it happening, you know. And and to your point about the Spars thing, I think that we – this was – oh, actually, this is the interview. This this is a great article put out by – oh, this isn't the one. Here's the one by Derek. Uh, so, sparse pandemic of twenty twenty five, echo chambers and vaccine opposition. He wrote this on November nineteenth, twenty twenty, right? And yep. and then and then it was like breaking news on Infowars, like two years later, a year later. Right, right. Right. The point is that the, one of the most important things he goes through on this is is I'm just blown away by this. And this is what you kind of mentioned in their own like hypothetical scenarios. Yeah, they outline that they're like caught <laughs> for for lying, or that they outline that like we that their vaccine fails i'm going like yep. what are you talking about so I, I had to read it multiple times i'm like so are they re- their their sa- simulation turns out that their vaccine failed like yep. it killed millions of people it's like why would that even be in the x ex- it's because this is just social engineering predictive programming you exactly know? that's it right it's it.
3: a way of gaslighting people so yeah. that they're uh desensitized when it happens
2: is and you it know what why? actually that's it's interesting done. like think about the concept of you know, like using a meningitis vaccine mm-hmm. instead of saline for the placebo. Cause it makes it look like it's not as severe when you have the bad side effects. It's a real world example of that. You know, it's like, Oh, well our you. simulation had 10 million died. We only had one this time. So it's a good it's a success. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly. the case. Who knows? I, I
3: think there's a huge part of what's going on because they yeah. do, they write out these plans and, and a lot of times you do see, see the plans fail uh, yeah. in the, their war game scenario. And, it, it, I I remember this that article in 2020. Actually, that's funny that you were like, "Yeah, breaking news in 2023."
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hadn't seen anybody talk about that anyway. D- Derek is always ahead of the curve. I think yeah, it's, it's a great article that you should I, read because it's I, yeah,
3: and I recommend people read the Spar's document. I think it was only like 80 pages. It's yeah, and God, it was
2: it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's really is one of the craziest that I saw. Because this, don't forget, going back to that article, this goes into the future, right? That's what's yes. so concerning about the time frame is uh, to twenty twenty five to twenty twenty
3: eight. Yeah. So. so, by the way, just uh, quickly to make a little a note on that is there were many of them. So there's Crimson Contagion. Right. There was Modi Spars or Modi SARS, which was the German version of SARS pandemic. Uh, of course, people are familiar with the video simulation, which was Event Two Hundred One. They're now right. currently working on Event Two Hundred Two, um, and they're also doing uh, a catastrophic
2: contagion currently. Yeah, yeah geez, <laughs> so, it's, it's just ridiculous yeah. how many of these they do. Yeah. Um, I think that I was trying. And to think-
3: when Biden kept talking about Dark Winter, that was a simulation they did back in the nineties for right. smallpox. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. And that's that's uh, I was just I think I had something for Crimson Contagion in the past, but the Dark Winter definitely was something. That's one of Whitney's earliest series for for T-Lab. All roads lead to Dark Winter back in 2020. Same thing. April 2020. (laughs) You know, just pointing out. how. And it's really crazy getting into this and overlaps everything we're getting into. But but to uh, go forward with this. And this is where this is what I call the the Fauci's quiet cop out, because I'm actually blown away that this is from April or excuse me. That's from the study uh, or the other thing we looked at. This is from. Uh, what was it? Let me just look real quick so I don't get the date wrong. Yeah, uh, it was January 11th, 2023. Right. So last month,
1: mm-hmm.
2: last month, which I mean, the reason that's important is because this is a big deal. And nobody anywhere in the corporate media even pointed at this, which shows you that they're, you know, their their paycheck depends on them not seeing this. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Tucker points out wherein Fauci explained in this article, the cell dot com that a vaccine for covid would never work to stop infection, spread, or end pandemics. Not only that, but no attempt could ever have passed normal trials. You know, now that we're looking back after three years, even though he said like a week ago that people should still be getting these shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, this is crazy. And, in, is, and he's, he makes a good point here. In an article that would have been banned from social media very recently, even now, like if we wrote this and posted this on Twitter, maybe not Twitter, who knows, on Facebook, mm-hmm. nice. this very thing would be censored right now. Um, right. And somebody's responding, saying we knew. There, I'll go to this afterwards. Since By the
3: ready. way, I, I sorry. One more thing sorry. about the spars. That in that spars document, they talked about social media and how they would put up those fact checks and they would censor people. Exactly. And they actually outlined that in the spars document.
2: It did. Sorry. It did. And that's the crazy part about it is that they, I mean, and that's what I was kind yeah. of getting the other part of it was that they were talking about how they needed to like censor people who were sh- showing things that were wrong. Like it, that's, what's blowing me away in these studies is they're literally going, yeah, we're going to censor the truth. <laughs> that's yeah, they planning for that. that. Yeah. Oh, I think
3: ridiculous. that was the only one that didn't have the math. Uh, the other documents had the math.
2: I might be I, wrong I, on I, that, I but I think now it's,
3: yeah, one it. of them didn't have the math, but had basically everything else. Yeah, yeah. I think it was sparse. Yeah
2: wild well so here is the study we're getting or rather the article slash study i guess you know it's posted on cell host and microbe or cell.com and it's really it was released an article but it does have some you know scientific overlaps and discussions so i want to go through here's anthony fauci is one of the writers in this and you're i mean people should be blown away by this i think this is pretty crazy so it says viruses that replicate in the human respiratory mucosa without infecting systemically including Influenza A, SARS-CoV-2, and endemic coronaviruses, RSV, and many other common cold viruses cause significant mortality, morbidity, and are important public health concerns. So, first of all, I think there's two things for me: is it's odd that they include common cold in things yeah. that are significant mortality. I think that's strange to me, and I think that's going to come into play in the future. Actually, I yeah, that. for sure. But the other thing is that the, this is well, what climate oc- change
3: causes heart attacks. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anything <laughs> else they want to eggs and whatever else, yeah. but. Uh, that Dr. Bhakti was really outspoken about this and still is, but I mean, right. in a 2020 saying, look guys, I don't know why everyone's lying to you. No yeah. vaccine that goes in your shoulder can stop a respiratory virus. nothing. It right. does not cause mucosal immunity.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's amazing that no, I still, I don't even see a lot of independent media pointing that out. And so he knew that he says that everybody in the field knew that. And yet everyone went along with a shoulder muscle injection to stop a respiratory virus. Yep. I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? And I think it's because they either thought that they would make it work and just forced it into experiment or didn't mm-hmm. care. Right. Either one is alarming to me. And so the mucosal part of this is one of the main points to me, is that they mm-hmm. keep referencing that that's one of the things they need to do. But I argue, and you should look this up, if they knew this before, which we know that they did, why did they even try to push this in? And, let, and on top of that, if they didn't know for sure it would work until they tried it and it seems to have failed, why were they telling you otherwise? Why were they right. forcing it on children? It's right. Crazy. Feel free to interject anywhere. I'm looking at the article, so just okay. jump in if you yeah. want to say something. So, going forward, it says because these viruses generally do not elicit complete and durable protective immunity by themselves, which I dispute. In flu, SARS-CoV-2, these different things, I believe the whole flu part of this is the only anomaly, and I believe that if I'm right in my belief, my 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 thought on this, mm-hmm. I think that the reason we're in a situation like we are with influenza is because of the vaccination cycles we've been going through this entire time. I just
3: wanted with, to consider that with, with traditional vaccines you mean yes. like the flu right. vaccine yeah absolutely yes. no. so Actually,
2: and they've shown
3: that it, since 2019 uh the flu has graphene oxide in it the flu shot
2: really yes that's I got to circle back to that. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, so that doesn't surprise me at all, because this has been yeah. the next step for these things for 10 years. They've been talking about this, writing about this. So yes. it's very telling when they call it a conspiracy theory, when they've got peer reviewed science screaming, this is the next step, you know? Yes. But the thing for me is that the injections for flu, even right now, are quad Those these aren't even like traditional. They're using different styles. Like historically, they use different. They change them up every year. But as far as I can tell, I don't remember them using that many variants in one injection. Now, I could be wrong because a lot of people were looking into things that we at least I had not in the past. But something that has multiple uh, production of antibodies Mm -hmm. seems to be a recipe for antibody dependent enhancement or any kind of other. You know, you're making other things in your body that aren't necessary and that can conflict with what's happening. I mean, we've gone over this exact thing with the bivalent shot that's currently failing, you know. So, yeah, well, then there's. I I think that cycle may be responsible for why people are not able to produce immunity or at least. So there's some manipulation possibly happening there.
3: I have to look into that if it's 2018 or 2019, it was one of those years. But if it was 2018, that would be interesting just because that wasn't like the most treacherous year for the flu. Where... Yeah, yeah,
2: no, he's at seventeen, eighteen, I think. Yeah, there was. The... more
3: people died? I think that of that than COVID in twenty twenty. Right. Yeah,
2: and don't forget that in two thousand nineteen was when they had these weird common cold outbreaks on these nursing homes, and then Port yeah. Dietrich had their weird little thing happen. Right, and all that was all connected. To, that was earliest conversations. I think in twenty twenty, I was proposing the thought possibility that that was COVID-19 and they just didn't tell anybody right. out brought it over to the military games and so on. Yeah. Like that was the early conversation. A lot has happened since then. Like to, you know, questions about whether it's an illusion and so on, but either yeah. way, I mean, I, I think that there's something to be said there that maybe this was a test. Maybe it was happening back then. Like mm-hmm. I, I, we need to question all of this stuff, these core understandings of things, you know? But yeah, so-
3: for sure. I, I mean, they, the first uh, spike protein vaccine patent was in 1991. It was for <laughs> dogs, but yeah,
2: I, was, I mean, we'll get to a point at the end today, which I was just getting into about the whole coronavirus induced myocarditis and then the effort to aerosolize these things. And in, in, I believe it was I forget the date. I'll, we'll get to it in the end in regard to specifically uh, Peter Dazak, Ralph Baer, on mm-hmm. Institute of Virology, the U.S. government, NIH, and using aerosol, basically a self-spreading vaccine. They said we're in these bat. Cases. Oh,
3: yeah. Well, you know, I wrote my article on shedding back uh, in the like. Beginning, I think, of 2021, and one of the things that I was citing was some of these uh, aerosolized, uh, self disseminating, right, uh, right. Vaccines.
2: Yeah, yeah. Put a pin in we'll it. A we'll lot of the testing we'll in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Inter- yeah oh, yeah. Right. I, that, they actually mentioned Queensland in regard to the bats and, and so on. It's yeah. It's yep. interesting. And then think about the Australia situation with all this. We'll get to it in the end because it's, it's okay. an interesting conversation. But back to the point here. So we're talking about the fact that they're claiming. That these things, RSV, common cold, and specifically coronaviruses, don't create immunity. But I I dispute that because of a lot of things we're seeing today. I'll finish this paragraph. and says, because of that, they have not to date been effectively controlled by licensed or experimental vaccines. And he means right now, by the way, and that'll be clear in this whole thing. He's telling you right now that this effort to control coronavirus with this kind of injection failed. In Mm -hmm. in this new review, we examine challenges that have impeded development of effective mucosal respiratory vaccines. Before we go forward, I'll come back to it. I I challenge every part of this about this not being able to cause immunity. I think this is where I'm getting into the potential, just the possibility about the flu and that reason that's the way it is because of these vaccine cycles that have maybe destroyed immunity in that regard or maybe in a general sense. I really don't know. But what we see now is the COVID injections have very clearly I think, destroyed the immune systems of the people that are taking them, dysregulate, you know, lymphocytopenia and so on. But we have evidence from the very beginning of this, all the way back to 2020 and forward, this is 2021, I think this one, yeah, this one's 2020, of them finding before this ever started that a majority of uninfected adults had pre-existing antibody reactivity to SARS-CoV-2. Before this ever started, the reason they argued was, and they guessed, maybe the common cold, maybe Mm -hmm. because of MERS and SARS, or I argued maybe because it was circulating beforehand. Whatever the reasoning, in March 2021, they were finding that people who weren't infected already had antibodies to what was going around. How do you explain that? And why would nobody talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. That shows you that there is clearly immunity to this, obviously. Then you've got this one in the same point finding, and they didn't even set out to find it in this study, this was a study about T cell immunity and COVID-19 and SARS, that, but it just ended up happening where the uninfected controls just so happened to have immunity. And mm-hmm. it was, they said the same thing, maybe the cold either way, they're finding all these examples all the way back in 2020 of people who had immunity before this ever came around. And then you can go to the later point that during all of this, you have people in the NIH saying lasting immunity found after recovery. And it goes all the way to the eight month the eight months, and the only reason they stop it there is because that's when the study ended. <laughs> so logically, yeah. it continues after that. And the, the one I always show, and I could show you probably 15 more of these, science.org, ultra potent antibodies against diverse and highly transmissible variants. Their argument very clearly was that this, if you got sick in the very beginning, that your body would continue to make antibodies that cross neutralize emerging variants of concern with high potency. And every one of these, you're going to find, say, lasting, durable, robust immunity. So, mm-hmm. So- I mean, it's, how do we explain that then? There there must be lying to you. This is Fauci saying that the reason we need to do this different in the future or the reason this failed is because this does not like it's not just that the body failed. It's because we all couldn't do this. The vaccines, your body, nobody can make immunity.
3: Well, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue and we, we don't need to go down this uh, rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would argue that there's actually a, a model that could take this outside of this paradigm altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that we really understand, quote unquote, immunity. And right, I think right, there's right. a lot of speculation about what, uh, because you're looking at things that in a lot of cases actually can't be measured. So there's right. a lot of... Uh,
0: I'm always open to that. And, yeah. It's I think
3: different. a lot of it's based on a theoretical model. However, right. I, I will definitely say that I think we we have plenty of evidence to indicate that the body is incredibly resilient and that when right. you know, something seems to be uh, familiar that it it is able to create a defense uh, yeah. in order to recover from it. So,
2: it, but to your point, though, and this is the kind of what I say, what I often say is arguing from within the narrative is that yeah. you know it doesn't it, it it if they're saying that even if it's not true, right? That what they so their lie is now being contradicted by their new lie. So it doesn't ultimately matter. I mean, it does in the larger sense, but in this point, whether or not it does, because it proves to you. That they're like, because you, you have all these scientific studies d- from their medical establishment saying, yes, it does cause natural immunity that lasts. And you got Fauci in here saying it doesn't. So it's just, it, 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 I would agree with you that there's a conversation to be had about how all of this is completely right. misunderstood. But, but yeah, but they're, they're, they're trying lying. to get
3: you caught in a game of ping pong inside the matrix. It's right. Sure, right yeah, exactly.
2: But it, there is a value to making sure people generally see that they're being dishonest about it. Yeah, even they, if it's,
3: and that's clear, very right. clear. Right,
2: yeah. And for those in the chat, for those who might be just tuning in, this is uh, Courtney Turner, co-founder of the Pirate Stream Media and Pirate Stream in general and uh, host of the Courtney Turner podcast. Somebody's asking in general in the chat. So update for those oh. just tuned in. Um, but going forward in general, I mean, the overarching point is the mucosal immunity and the fact that how in the world can they pretend, how can they justify legally or otherwise pushing this for three years up until very recently saying that we should still be getting these when they're arguing right here that they didn't even work. Right. Right. It says exactly. we discuss possible approaches to developing the next generation. That's where I think this is all about. This yep. is about trying to reset the table with kind of pretending like they're wrong, but hoping nobody sees it. But really just getting you to justify the next step. Yep. Right. And uh, this goes into it says, over the years. Influenza vaccines have never been able to elicit durable, protective immunity against seasonal influenza virus strains. Now, I just I don't even understand why that would make sense based on every other thing we know. But again, it's possible that we just don't understand in general. Although current. I actually
3: think that that's true that they, they have never protected immunity against uh, influenza strains. I've never understand the flu shot to begin with, because let's say that their model is actually theoretically correct. This is just, mind-boggling to me so they essentially what they tell you now they may have you know variants and you know multiple uh, strains within these shots but what they initially told me when i first was being you know really heavily in- encouraged to take these flu shots was that there's a hundred billion possibly hundreds of billion strains of the flu right. don't worry we have figured out the most likely contagion for this year And they're experts,
2: don't worry, they're experts, they know. They're
3: experts, (laughs) and so you have a one in multiple billion, they don't know how many billion, but like billions shot, and we figured out that one. Don't worry. Take this shot and it, you're going to be immune. The like, way they argue okay. it is it's a
2: hemisphere thing where they, where they look at the southern hemisphere and they argue that they, that they happens before us and that ultimately it's going to eventually happen to us or something like that. And they just basically say that- But still, so, just
3: look at the odds. I mean, if it was one in one billion, I'm like, I've got a well, one in one billion shot that these experts got it right? Like, okay.
2: I don't, I just, I agree that it's ridiculous. My point is it's not one in a billion. It's really ultimately that they're- seeing what's happening and then they're kind of just but they're still guessing what they think will eventually happen to us either way right, you play yeah. with it it's a guess completely. completely and it doesn't make sense your put your point is the same is that it, it could be potentially a billion possibilities you know and right. at the end of the day what that actually it says in the next article, the next paragraph that they they guess and multiple times that's been very very wrong and they'll come back and say that they'll be like oh it looks like uh, <laughs> it was like <laughs> four percent and my point is the same in general to the like, right now if we're looking at the bivalent or any of these conversations, and they themselves are going, here's why this isn't working. Here's why it's, you know, causing side effect, that it's the wrong variant. So we have to rush this bivalent out. Okay, then why are we subjected to a possible Russian roulette flu shot when they're, it's the same game, right? Where well, this could be the wrong variant. So it could be, I mean, it's amazing that their current narrative is contradicting their old flu narrative, but I think that's why they're trying to pull us into this new kind of perception of all this. Here's here's what it says. Although current influenza vaccines reduce the risk of severe disease, hospitalization, and death, which they've been selling this to people forever about stopping getting sick. We all know that. And now this is the same thing we're seeing with the COVID shot, where no, it just reduces symptoms. It says their effectiveness against clinically apparent infection is decidedly suboptimal. But make sure you force it on your kid, ranging from 14% to 60% over the past 15 seasons. So barely getting over 50%. Amazing. And that's an average, by the way. Sometimes it's in the lower, you know, 1%, 2%. The duration of vaccine elicited immunity is measured only in months. And that's a successful flu shot. <laughs> Current vaccines require annual revaccination with updated formulations that are frequently not precisely matched to circulating virus strains. And who cares about the possible side effects of all that, right?
1: That
2: right. says, right. as of 2022, after more than 60 years of experience with influenza vaccines, very little improvement in vaccine prevention of infection has been noted. <laughs> what? Sixty years of experts doing their thing and nothing's changed. God dang! Come on. What do you think about that? I, I, I it's. I,
3: I feel like it's just like gaslighting at its finest is really kind of what
2: it is. But well, just to take it at face value, like I'm with you that I'm I'm reading between the lines and yeah. everything. But if that just the statement of taking to face value. How is that supposed to give you faith in the system when they're failing today and they're telling you these haven't worked and apparently for 60 years they haven't worked and we're okay with that? Like, it's just no change.
3: Well, that's why I say it's gaslighting because it's like, okay, we have no idea what we're doing. We have never had any success previously, but please trust us now. Don't worry. We got
2: you. That is kind of the point is overall this thing is basically saying that this whole thing, as we should know by now, and as we were saying in the beginning, has been a grand experiment to find out if this would work. Or at least and it hasn't you know,
3: worked, But don't worry. Yeah. We're it's going to work now. Just yeah, keep We're experts, it.
2: we'll make it better. Don't worry.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, just, it's just so like outwardly ridiculous. It says as pointed out decades ago and still true today, the rates of effectiveness of our best approved influenza vaccines would be inadequate for licensure for most other preventable diseases. So that means they slant the table for mm-hmm. flu vaccines to make yep. sure the It's just that's Which Then begs the question, why? What is the, what's the agenda with the flu vaccine? Oh, I could tell you that. That's, that's, I mean, this is the, this I've talked about many times. um, And this is now deleted, by the way, was a rapid response to the HHS. And there's also the WHO document entitled health is more than influenza saying Mm -hmm. the same thing, basically calling them out for lying and for creating pandemics of fear to push vaccine sales and other things. Now, in this one, the main point was that despite them claiming over 60,000, where was it? total uh, deaths in general from the flu i i usually have it highlighted the bottom line is that they ultimately question why these are bundled together if, if, if but uh, the oh that's right here i'm sorry it's right there 62,000 lives were taken with between flu and pneumonia but it turns out only 257 of them were even flu and only 18 of those were actually identified Right. And so this game is being played today with pneumonia and flu and COVID. It's the same thing they've been doing before. To cut to the chase, the bottom line is that during this national influenza vaccine summit where they all collected, the argument was made very strongly that we have a seven step recipe for generating interest in and demand for flu vaccines because we don't have nobody's getting them right now. Was the question asked about whether they were needed? No, it was that, well, they're not getting them. And we know that's a problem. That's just kind of way they always do this. And the bottom line was they simply said that we need to scare people. We need to basically hype the flu to get people to get it. And even if you think that they did that because they think it's the right thing, they're still lying to us. Yep. Yeah. Crazy.
3: Very, very. They always use fear to control and manipulate.
2: Right. Right. And so this—that's back to the game here about how you know they just—it's just—and they're pushing them and they're making maximum profit. Yeah. And, uh, and so going on, it says um, even decades long efforts to develop better so-called universal influenza vaccines. Now, is that trying to make better flu vaccines? No, that's them failing to try to make one that suits everything and failing, which is the same game with the MRA platform. So I argue Isn't it that to, the same game they that Fauci tried to play with AIDS. It's the same game they always play. That's the, yeah. that's the point, right? <laughs> And I would argue, again, if this is even true and what we think we know is actually accurate, ultimately they could have tried to make a better, more accurate individual injection, right? But instead, they've been trying to make what they want to make for the future. That's the same thing we're dealing with today. You could have tried to make classical injections, and I would have probably refused those the same way. But the point is they chose to force in the mRNA platform because that's what they wanted, and it's killing people. It's the same thing.
3: And now they're making way to try and put it into food. Oh, yeah. we know they've done the aerosolized, but yeah.
2: Yeah, we'll get that to the end. The aerosolization thing scares me. It's it's scary. scary. But it says uh, basically vaccines that would create more broadly protective immunity, preferably longer lasting, but have not yet resulted in next generation, broadly protective vaccines. Although a large number of experimental vaccines are preclinical and early. Yeah, they're coming. Guys, don't miss the point there, but they're working and we have them coming soon. They're working on all of this because it was always the plan. Always. Mm -hmm. And you can listen to them before this started. This is what they told you they were going to do. Now they've used COVID-19, the illusion, to make it happen. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the rapid development and deployment of SARS-CoV-2 vaccines has saved innumerable lives. They love to say that, even though it's completely unquantifiable and they admit that they've conflated numbers, um, to basically, and they claim it helped to achieve early pandemic control. I mean, it's blatant lies. It's been debunked 100 times over, in my opinion.
3: Yep, As variant
2: SARS-CoV-2 strains have emerged, deficiencies in these vaccines reminiscent of influenza vaccines have become apparent. Oh, so what you're saying is the same old problem we've always known is there happened again. Got right. it. Am I missing something? (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. That's literally what he just said. So the thing we knew was happening with these exact kind of vaccines for respiratory viruses also happened here, but we forced them on you and swore it wasn't going to happen. And it happened again. Yep. (laughs) The limitations of influenza and SARS-CoV-2 vaccines remind us that candidate vaccines for most other respiratory viruses have to date been insufficiently protected for consideration of licensure, including RSV. That's also in the, in the cards. And that includes pair influenza, endemic coronaviruses, the same game. More than 50 years ago, the development of successful vaccines against some of the most important respiratory viruses, including measles, mumps, rubella, led to the hope that vaccines could be developed for all others. Okay, so explain that one to me. Why exactly these things, when put together, despite being tested alongside each other, successfully stop these respiratory viruses, but not the others? Like, this is a game. Like, I don't even understand logically why that would make sense. And to the best of my research, can't figure out why that would be the case. That they just got lucky on those ones. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs>
3: Well, I, I mean that they, they were not successful. All of these—that's uh, exactly um, the point.
2: But they say it. Yeah. they're saying they are.
3: <laughs> they're saying they are, and they were not. I mean, every time they uh, executed one of these uh, vaccines, there were outbreaks, and not only were there outbreaks, but there have been horrific uh, adverse reactions, uh, yeah. particularly to that one. So, yeah, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, the autism. But yeah, but all of these—I
3: mean, smallpox and. You know, smallpox is really interesting because they tried so hard to prove that smallpox was actually contagious and they couldn't mm, that's they right. flat out that's could funny. not prove that it was contagious. So, uh, you know, again, we won't go down, you know, the theories on what it could be. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's not a contagion, then why are we injecting people with and what are we really injecting
2: them with? A good question. Right, and especially that the whole blot gate conversation—I'll mention that—we when we get to the end part. It kind of overlaps. Is is you know showing you that there's they're clearly fraudulently putting forward what they claim are the spike protein, the Western blots, and really it seems to be that you know we don't know that they're faking that. So what is being produced, and to what degree? You know what I mean? And it's, it, these are whether the truncated spike proteins or or something else. I mean, this is a valid concern, and the point—the scary point—that Jessica Rose PhD and plenty of others are making is we don't even know what that might do. Like not like that's that's a scary thing with this gene therapy direction. They're they're literally experimenting on us, as we know it's happening in real time. Yeah. Now, it says, however, natural infections with these three vaccine controlled respiratory viruses, as well as smallpox, are not representative of infections caused by most respiratory viruses. They differ in at least three critically important ways that are related to their successful control vaccines. Now, this is how they say that they're different and why they may have worked. One, after replicating mucosally in your nose this is the systemically respiratory viruses all cause significant basically ending up circulating through your blood putting them in contact with multiple immune counterparts the argument is that's not what's happening here i don't even i again i'm not going to get that's into not my... even scientific terminology i'm sorry
3: in which part? I, i'm not like a doctor or a, a biologist but mm-hmm. it's, it's i mean that's like gobbledygook it's it's right. not even scientific
2: I, I'm not, I couldn't speak to that, but it, doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me, right? That ultimately, I mean, I, which part are you pointing out, actually, that, that doesn't... Uh... I,
3: I mean, immune counterparts and immune counterpart cell types. I mean... Interesting. Oh, so what, what's the immune counterpart? What's the immune counterpart cell type? Well, what exactly right, right. are they referring to?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the,
3: this, is, speaks, this does not speak at all to the cellular uh, occurrences in the body and how this the, the actual uh, mechanism by which this is supposedly working. It doesn't right. do that at all. And, this and that's is supposed what I was saying a is, scientific article.
2: Right. And that's what I was saying is like, I go into this and I'm looking at the references and to my best of my knowledge, I'm like, I don't see like, it seems, it just ultimately seems to be like, this is what we found. And that's why <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. I want to understand why like scientifically, like at the very least be like, we don't even know why it's different, but it is, you know, that's right. they never like to say that essentially. But, so, but again, yeah. I could be wrong. There's plenty of other scientists out there that can reach out to me and let me know. But it yeah. says they have relatively long incubation periods that reflect initial mucosal replication You know, so this mucosal thing is, it just continues to bother me that they knew this would never work from the very beginning. And now essentially they're arguing that's why these other ones work. That's why this one doesn't. Yeah, we knew that. We knew that beforehand. And I think maybe that's why I was wondering whether this may have been a, you know, problem reaction solution kind of scenario, right? Right. They elicit long form lifetime protective immunity, but okay, why are they different? And then the point is, but so do these. And we just showed that, you know, if you don't, if you haven't injected yourself with the immune system destroying injection right right but it says in stark contrast the non-systemic respiratory viruses like the ones we're talking about flu SARS-CoV-2 RSV uh it says predominantly in local mucosal tissue and they go into some of the the differences between them but again my same points we just made essentially and it Mm -hmm. says the non-systemically replicating respiratory viruses apparently including SARS-CoV-2 apparently tend to repeatedly reinfect people over their lifetimes without ever eliciting eliciting a complete and durable protection again blatantly and provably not true, even according to the NIH. Because I mean, you, eight months is definitely considered lasting. That's what they did. That's what they said. But it goes yeah. longer than that as we can prove. So here he is literally saying that that exact thing's not happening. You know, anyway, the point is that I think this doesn't seem to make sense to me, but this is the argument they're making for why they need to adapt this new thing. Mm-hmm. To be different. Same kind of right. right. The SARS-CoV-2 spike protein has shown a similar plasticity, which is interesting, with the emergence of multiple variants, Blaming the variants, which we now know was their fault to, to begin with, so I argue also the leaky vaccine part of this might have been intentional, to, to a degree, mm-hmm. just a thought okay. to consider. The emergence of multiple variants with alerted, uh, uh, excuse me, altered uh, antigenicity that has complicit, uh, complete, excuse me, complicated okay. its control through current vaccination strategies. And then the last couple parts here is, is taking all these factors into account. It is not surprising that none of the predominantly mucosal respiratory viruses have ever been effectively controlled by vaccines, but we sure as hell swore to you this one was going to work and forced it on your children, though. It says, if natural mucosal respiratory virus infections do not elicit complete and long-term protective immunity against reinfection, how can we expect vaccines, especially systematically administered non-replicating vaccines, to do so? a great question fauci Mm -hmm. why why did you force it on everybody then or did you only just find this out now and does that not clearly point out that this was an experiment i mean how else are we supposed to read this i don't know it's crazy to me it is the the last part is this is a major challenge for future vaccine development and overcoming it is critical to the work of developing the next Next generation generation of vaccines there it is yeah and so i think that was it i you know the rest of it oh oh that's right just the conclusion down here, the concluding remarks, it says, Durably protected vaccines against non-systemic mucosal respiratory viruses with high mortality rates have thus far eluded vaccine development efforts. Great. That's where we are in 2023. So we failed. <laughs> it didn't work. Right. We'll keep trying, <laughs> though. Challenges- I, I'm sensing a theme. Right. It's recurring. Yeah. So silly. Challenges to developing next-generation respiratory vaccines are many and complex. We must better understand why multiple sequential mucosal infections with the same Circulating, circulating respiratory viruses spread out over decades of life fail to elicit natural protective immunity. They don't. It's working. They just don't want you to know that. If we are to rationally develop vaccines that prevent them. So again, pointing out that what we did was wrong. It didn't work. And now we need to apply this new understanding if we're ever going to make this work. It's mm-hmm. crazy. We must think outside the box to make the next ones That elicit immune protection against viruses that survive in human populations. Past unsuccessful attempts, including this, what we just went through, to elicit solid protection against mucosal respiratory viruses and to control the deadly outbreaks and pandemics they cause have been a scientific and public health failure that must be urgently addressed. That's huge. Like he just admitted right there in one sentence that this failed, whether the older ones or right to this moment. Yeah. He says, we are excited and invigorated that many investigations and collaborative groups are rethink, no, he's not, <laughs> from the ground up, all of our past assumptions and approaches to preventing important respiratory viral diseases and working to find new bold paths forward. Don't miss one important part. Assumptions. 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 <laughs> that the whole, well, this whole point is that they're pushing this on everybody because they assumed that it would work. Just like we keep telling you, keep proving to you. I just, this is, I, I just, this, it's, it's not supposed to come across as a victory lap, but it kind of feels like that right now. The point is right. we we're telling you this guys. And the point is that this is an admission of guilt. That's what I think. I, yeah. Book, I think the part that they
3: were excited about is to get more money, to do more research for things that they know will fail. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I think this to me, if I had to guess, and it could be something like we're talking about more, you know, meta more like long-term, but if yeah. you take it at face value, it kind of seems to me like this is them quietly putting it out that we failed and we're doing better So when they, when, you know, later they come out and go, but you know, you never even, yeah, we did this right there, you know, but the media never covered it. Nobody ever talked about it and they're still acting like they're working and successful. You still have to be, you're still forced to get them in schools. Even though he said that last month.
3: Yeah. I mean, well then they know that they would fail. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a way of pacifying people.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, And it's a way of keeping people bought into the narrative.
2: I agree. Yeah. It's interesting. Here, here is a, uh, korean scientist who was saying this back in 2020 uh this is posted 2021 uh, professor lee wang jay collective immunity corona prevention itself is impossible with vaccines so it wasn't just dr Bakti. he's simply saying this right now or back then theoretically prevention is impossible the problem is that people think that all vaccines are the same the vaccine is 100 percent effective like that's what people think the covid 19 virus infects the upper respiratory tract nasal mucosa And blood antibodies caused by the vaccine cannot access it itself. There is no pathway to prevent it. This is common knowledge, understand. That's what Bhakti was trying to tell us, and nobody cared. Nobody cared. Goodbye comments. We knew this. Those of us who rely on published research, uh, there has always been many unsuccessful attempts to create what they're trying to do. The largest study, still in progress, confirms this. I agree. I agree. And this was just him pointing out the same thing. He's the one that referenced the South Korean point. Just it's it's pretty alarming how obvious this all is. Yeah. No, so that that's the, the last little segment on that. If you have any comments on that, we can finish with the uh, WHO and and the uh, aerosol conversation.
3: Okay. Yeah. No, I I think you know that that's my only comment on it. It really is just that. I mean, they they knew it's going to fail, and I think mm. that they're that's a way of pacifying people so that they can keep people bought into the narrative because if they were to if they were to do anything else, I think that it would raise too many questions.
2: Yeah. It's just so sad, you know, that we're at this point just to see that, the, you know, there are people's lives that have been destroyed by this. The children that have been killed, mothers and fathers. And, you know, it's, just, it's amazing that we're at a point right now where, like, this is why I can't help but see this as some level of success. Because mm-hmm. you would never see Fauci admit that they were wrong like that in any public setting mm-hmm. if they weren't having to I mean, that's what i think i mean that's that's at some level that is making like even from like a hubris perspective like that's tarnishing mm-hmm. his career so i don't know right. I, just, I, feel, I feel like we did have a win right there where but they're just trying to quietly put it to bed and go forward yeah that's
3: interesting i mean i i don't know I, i'm not 100 percent sure on that like i yeah. do think that there are a lot of wins i'm not necessarily sure that their apology is really a win because i think in some ways it is kind of a a setup for their, oh, their next. Yeah.
2: I don't think the apology itself is a win. I think that the fact that they're being forced to go through this process just shows right. you that we had some measure of success, you know, that mm-hmm. otherwise, I, I mean, I don't, I, I found it hard to believe that the plan was to come out and be like, we screwed up. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like 80% of people injected is still a loss in my opinion, but you know, anyway, just the, I think it's an important thing to see that, that, you know, what we're doing is having an effect at the very least. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well,
3: you know what I think is a really big thing? Uh, This is a really big indication that we're having an effect, that the NGOs are, you know, they're losing credibility, but it's not because they've lied to us and they've failed us miserably and because they have, uh, you know, killed people by their policies or, you know, caused all these uh, detrimental and deleterious health effects. It's because the alternative media has a led them to be mistrustful of use. and Jews. That and is showing true. that we're having some sort
2: of uh, success. Think about how dumb that is. So you're telling me that these highly educated, well-versed experts are being con- manipulated by what you call conspiracy theorists in their mother's basement? Like, y- yeah. I, I keep making this argument. You can't play it both ways. Either we're... Children in our mother's basements who can barely string sentences together, and it's pathetic. Mm-hmm. Or we're somehow able to overtake the entire medical establishment, you know, it's like it's probably <laughs> somewhere in the middle. It's just so funny the way that they have to take it like that, you know, yes. But, but I, I do agree.
3: think that's a, a sign of some real success,
2: yes, yes, importing
3: their uh plans, yeah.
2: But I do agree with you, I think that this is it is very alarming. I mean, this is this is a really big deal, but it does show you that they're they're afraid of what yeah. we are doing, at least they know that it. Could potentially have an effect on what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Oh, of course, it refreshed on me. Damn it! Um, anyway, I had some stuff highlighted here. The point was oh. u- ultimately, I'll just we can just go right past it. But that they what they're basically saying is. Uh, I want to go to the. Oh, I thought I talked about sovereignty. Is the point of being able to influence other countries? Right. Yeah. It says uh, basically urges. Uh, where was it? Right here. Zero draft is similar to previous versions of the treaty and provisions related to misinformation. Uh, to tackle false misleading misinformation. And it says uh, right here, oh, here it is. We, it, as with any attempt to censor content that's deemed to be misinformation, this pandemic treaty raises questions about how these so-called authorities will decide what it is. Experts are now starting to admit uh, that the claims once pushed by, uh, by basically that what we were saying before was true. And yet still, like we were talking about the embassy, NBC guy, still mm-hmm. arguing that we have a pandemic of misinformation despite all the things they're pointing at are essentially being proven to be true. It's, right. it's interesting. And then it says down here that uh, they that, uh, the, the meeting actually ends tomorrow, but this is a zero draft that's been released, and you can uh, we'll have it right here, actually, we can look at. But what it's saying is right here. It says, power to decide on the laws that apply to their country. This process also limits citizens' ability to hold uh, – dang it, I wish – it kills me when it removes the highlighting part. I know. Uh, right. It's basically saying that when they, they can vote – to be in to force that your country has to do what they've decided. Mm-hmm. I've said this before. It kills me that I have to find this in here. This that right here. This article lets the de- the WHO impose legally binding conventions on WHO member states. One reason why maybe people want to flee the WHO at this point with with a uh, with two thirds majority vote. So now the U.S. and Israel and all the leading they can essentially create the consensus that Iran has a. A pandemic outbreak that they're not telling us about, and yeah. it doesn't matter what Iran says after that. The, the The international community can push in and do what they want, and it, yeah. even more so, it says regardless of whether a third of the WHO members vote against the the treaty, it will still apply to countries under international law. Yep, sovereignty is being removed. That's exactly so. This is their
3: whole plan to erase uh, sovereign nation states and to move towards what they call that uh, they're saying there'll be remnants of power blocks. So this is like, you know, if a couple of countries band together and they will dictate what uh, some other region needs to abide by. And Mm -hmm. that that's what they're doing there, essentially, which moves us closer to the, of course, you know, one world government structure.
2: Exactly. And this is a fast track to that, actually, the way that this health policy is being used. And it's, you know, just to show you the, the point there and information on pandemics and other and their effects and tackle false, misleading, misinformation, disinformation. Of course, they're not talking about you know, the CDC, the WHO, or any of these groups. They're talking about you and people out there, us out there tell, you know, saying what we're not supposed to say. And right. you can read through this for yourself. There's a lot of alarming stuff in here, but yeah, it's still, it's still going through the process, right? Mm-hmm. But here he is actually saying this, and I just think this is, you know, it's, it's really alarming that this is being publicly discussed right now, that they are, it says, we call for action. So this is where I've been worried about this. It's not just saying it's happening, but they're going, we need to do something. And this overlaps with the words, our violence agenda that I'm seeing play out with the vanilla isis psyop and the Ukraine overlap. He says, from everywhere with influence on the spread of mis- and disinformation on the internet.
5: we we'll call for action from everyone with influence on the spread of mis- and disinformation on the internet. Governments, regulators, policymakers, technology companies, partnerships. Media, civil society. Stop the hate set (laughs) up strong guardrails be accountable for language that causes harm now there it is right
2: there but what's interesting is hate Mm -hmm. like okay well we're talking about disinformation why why is hate synonymous with disinformation it's because they want it to be you know yeah and also
3: i find it very interesting right that they're talking about misinformation right so misinformation we're human we are always going to be fallible. Yep. Misinformation yep. means that there is a mistake that has right. been said, right, or written. That is not disinformation, which, you know, is intentionally being harmful. Right. And that is most of what
2: they do. <laughs> so, Well, they, they've actually created malinformation. That's supposed to be the one that's like, you know, your malicious intent. Right. Yeah. Like, and that, like, you know, like we want people to be hurt, which is funny, though, is you, you good point. They conflate all of it. He said, miss disinformation. And the point is, so you're telling me if I go out and I think I'm right and say the wrong thing that I'm hateful all of a sudden. Yeah. You know? well, they, of the, course. Point, the point is, they want you to think. Like they want the people listening to go oh i know what you're talking about wink wink like you're talking about those yeah. MAGA extremists over there that exactly. like, white supremacy hate filled like that all they're doing they're they're lying to you because they want you to be hurt by covid or what whatever they're bending this into it's such exactly. a silly, even though they see through all the lies it's crazy but don't miss that last part right this is i think this is a huge push for what we're going to see coming soon it's already happening well, Biden's yeah, executive with the ministry order. Of truth well, no that but i'm talking about the next part about how it causes harm like it's a big reach to argue that your words cause physical representation, yeah, but
3: art. i I'm saying this isn't new i mean what what do we exactly. keep hearing? you know your silence is violent,
2: your words are yeah, violence, like good point. yeah, and that that's been going on for a long time. that's the whole like silence. i mean that goes back to like b m l stuff and yeah b l m yeah excuse me, yeah, crazy, well, this part though again, be harm.
5: Guardrails. be accountable for language that causes harm, mm mm-hmm. And as part of my report to our common agenda, we are convening all stakeholders around the Code of Conduct for information integrity on digital platforms. And we'll also further strengthen our focus on how means and disinformation are impacting progress on global issues, including the climate crisis. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, of course, right. course because that's paramount, right? Very interesting. And Very who
3: interesting. decides what is causing harm? And who decides what is harm? It's right. so arbitrary. Right. The and very course, people
2: who got the whole thing wrong. Same people. Yeah. Right.
3: right. Right. The ones that screamed that
2: myocarditis was fake news and are now admitting that it's real. Those people will decide. <laughs> they will decide. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we'll
3: see how well that works out.
2: Right. God. Silly. But Anyways. this is, I think, this is why people are so quick to push back. And this is why things like this are coming out. Like, I don't know if you saw this, but this is crazy. We don't need to play it. You can just kind of see it right there that it starts out yeah. by, oh my God, I've got pink eye. And she picks up the phone and she's like, oh, no, how to tell if you got big guy rabbit holes like that's what they're doing right there. And at the end, it comes back to being, oh, thank God, it's the government information from Ontario. And it says, check out this government made video encouraging you to stop going down rabbit holes. And as I said, I mean, this is really crazy to me. So yet again, the government message is don't think, just follow direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, as I, that is the on the surface message here. I I guess in this tweet that no one I don't think anybody really is out there saying like just ignore or buy everything, but to not even look at it is a really hard sell. But yeah, they're, they're trying.
3: They just they just want you to be compliant. Uh, you saw that I, I think I, I sent to you my a uh, uh, thread on like uh, the what our education system was predicated on the, the oh, pressure yeah. model. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it was literally for compliance. Exactly.
2: So, and Open workers. That's what for, it pumped out. Yeah, yeah.
3: For, that, so that's why I think we talked world about world. this on
2: our last pirate stream, right? Yeah, Overlap that's right. The triage medical system and stuff. It's silly. We're just- well,
3: but it's the same people. So the experts are the people who have been what I say indoctrinated the most, right? They're the highest that's level of education. So they're that they, that's how they become the experts. So they become very uh seeped in the the narratives that have been taught, and they literally become indoctrinated. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, very it's do- nothing of that dogma today. Like they they are just completely locked into what's supposed to be the narrative and truly believe in a lot of ways that they think that that's correct. And I think that's because they've been trained to not know how to discern otherwise, you know, and yeah. you know, look differently. Here, Here's an interesting one I want to point out before we finish with the aerosol okay. point. And this scares the hell out of me. So the point here, the last kind of segment here is about where we're going post the WHO treaty post the next generation vaccines and you know where the world is taking us in a really scary right. direction or i should say the world where the powerful the you know the elitists are trying to right, drag right. us into so i saw this today or yesterday this is a alarming step now basically just to sum it up it says potential fentanyl vaccine test kits groundbreak uh, great groundbreak uh, great breakthrough to combat I can't talk to combat synthetic (laughs) opioid deaths. Now, it seems like that sounds like some kind of a, you know, it doesn't seem like it'd be a vaccine. Right. It'd be like an opioid, like a like a Narcan kind of thing. That wouldn't be a vaccine. Right. But and
3: synthetic opioid. I mean, mean, everything about that is questionable.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And we can there's a whole ways to get into this when it gets yeah. like I'm from I'm, the moment. I'm even ignoring like the fentanyl point. For me, it's more about where the underlying point and I and why I think they're starting with fentanyl in this. And this is actually pretty crazy. Here's what it says. In the case of fentanyl, the antibodies will block it. Antibodies. OK, that's interesting. will block it, keeping it from crossing into the brain. And if the fentanyl cannot cross into the brain, well, that means you can't get high. And so there's no longer motivation to pay. Well, there you go. All, all solved. We genetically engineered. You do not even want the drugs that you actually want. Shouldn't that be the... Say, you see where this is going? That's a really alarming step because we've already had the conversations about like, oh, well, meat's bad. We all agree meat's bad. Well, let's just create the enzyme. They've talked about this to stop you from wanting to eat meat or blah, blah, blah. This is a real conversation where they're talking about like behavioral training through genetic alterations. You know, like trying to... St- moral bio enhancement we've talked about like the the, the compulsory stuff so where i see this going and i even take it to this i think fentanyl was the focal point because there's a very clear right leaning focal point on this china fentanyl the border the border wall and like so if you get them involved with going well yeah good so like not for oh i I forgot that first point which is that ultimately like who cares if you die from who cares as long as you can you can still take it if you want. It doesn't make you high necessarily, but is it stopping overdose? Is that stopping... Like, this feels like a way to justify literal, like, society-scale alterations to be able to justify what's greater for the greater good.
3: And I mean, is the only problem with fentanyl the addiction, the the getting high component? Like, what, what about what's happening on the border? I mean, a lot of these people are being essentially... That they're not in control of their fentanyl consumption. There's, what about the fentanyl that's being laced into all of these other drugs and other uh, mechanisms? I mean, a lot of people are getting—they're getting prescription drugs that are laced with fentanyl.
2: Yeah, well, I guess the overarching—see, this is the point. How would you ever make this viable unless it was a society-wide? effort you know what i mean like to okay. just maybe aerosolize the country and say well there you go no more fentanyl problems in this country right i mean that's there's no other way to make that work otherwise you would have to because this is a preventative thing you don't give them this after they've taken it because all it does is stop you from what the feeling high like so Which that's just,
3: this, yeah i mean that it's just really kind of absurd i mean the the feeling of getting high isn't the only problem with fentanyl like-
2: no but i mean the point i guess you're right i mean but the point is if, hypothetically. to to, to play with the argument if they were to give this to people in a mass way and then nobody got high from it anymore, will the argument be that it wouldn't be useful anymore in a mm-hmm. drug use sense. People wouldn't right. take it. So there wouldn't be a tra- any need for it to come into across the border. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that at least logically makes sense. The problem though, is they're using this for medical treatments in the hospitals. That's been a, a large rise in use in this way for like anesthesia stuff. I've seen a I lot know. of articles about that. I do see that there's this weird overlap with fentanyl and the, even the COVID-19 outbreak. Whitney yeah. done some interesting stuff on that, but all, all that aside, I truly think that the big point here, in my opinion, is about normalizing through something that we don't maybe connect with, you know, climate change activism or any other larger thing because fentanyl is bad and people die or whatever. And then it becomes this justification, the precedent for why we might want to use this on individual scale or a large scale to solve a problem. And the oh, next, I definitely you know, agree with that. Yeah, for the sure. climate change thing becomes a focal point and they go, oh, but we all, we're all going to die if we don't stop doing this thing. Well, no one's going to all do it. So what we'll do? Perfect. We'll use this same thing. It's, I, I feel this is connected in a really strong way. Now, maybe I'm connecting dots that aren't there, but my God, this seems alarming to me. And this brings me to the next point of, uh, oh, well, this was just, I'm just going to skip that since it's it, this unconnected. Here's the point of where we're going with this. I discussed this recently. On the twenty uh, the third, twenty twenty three, did U.S. government work on myocarditis inducing virus? The answer is yes. Then work to aerosolize it. That's the question. Well, I said let's look at the facts. Mm-hmm. Now the bottom line was you can see in this that they very clearly did. I'll grab the link for you real quick. Oh shoot, where was that? I'm trying to remember. Oh, I think I can just look up Ralph Barrick. I should have grabbed this beforehand. But the point is they they Ralph Barrick is on the record. There it is. Perfect working to make in the 90s. Corona. I can't spell either, apparently. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Coronavirus-induced myocarditis. Right there, in rabbits. Which, by the way, Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, 2023 is the year of the rabbit, but that's just a coincidence, I think. But the... uh, multiple research from, you know, and this is the eighties or some of the nineties working on literally taking coronaviruses and making it cause myocarditis. And they argue it's because we want to, you know, protect against whatever their argument of course. is. The point is that's happening. Then we have the conversation about whether or not, and this is the case. It did happen. The whole, uh, spraying in the in the bats and in the caves and in in China with Ralph Barrick and EcoHealth Alliance and the whole point about that being done with the self spreading vaccine point. So all that being on the record. Here's Jicky Leakes pointing out another aspect of this. Here, this is Dr. Christy Ansley, and she's listed under this study uh, right here. Oh, this one right here, Electrospray for Generation of Drug Delivery and Vaccine Particles Applied in the in the Lab and in, in the Human Body. And this is posted on December 2019. And so J.K. Leaks is just pointing out that she's not included in the Diffuse project, which is what this was. Let's see if I can get that to pop up. There we go. Project Diffuse, which was a it was a submitted grant proposal to do this, but they claimed it was turned down. And this is what gets into that exact discussion. So J.K. Leaks is essentially pointing out that this woman who's involved with that program isn't included in Equal Alliance affiliation, it's not listed on any of the papers. And what has she been spraying exactly? And you can look at the documentation we're talking about. It says develop novel microparticle delivery systems and dry powders for aerosol release. This whole thing is riddled with this conversation. And I just think I just want your thoughts in general, really just kind of going forward on where we think mm-hmm. this is going. We can't know for sure. But right. I think overall, Jicky Leaks has some really great research on this whole topic. And here's the last one talking about Spraygate, full length cDNAs. This is where it gets really scary. A positive strand RNA genomes were isolated full length. Uh, Where was the point to? um, Oh, right there. The cloned viral cDNAs. And that's what this is. And this is really crazy. This is May 2020. An infectious cDNA clone of SARS-CoV-2. So they were doing gain of function on this early in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. The ongoing pandemic caused by severe key respiratory syndrome too, SARS-CoV-2 underscores the urgency to develop experimental systems for studying the virus and identifying countermeasures. So what they do is create these weird se- seven complementary DNA fragments. Uh, where was it? I, I just didn't highlight it. Highlighted. The point was they make these clones that were hyper, extremely more severe, more deadly and so on. And we're mm-hmm. studying these things. And the overarching point is that yes, they did make, coronavirus inducing my, myocarditis induced by coronavirus. They did test and spray aerosolized versions of this, which you can look up in this program right yeah. here. And and then they have these clones they make on SARS-CoV-2. So the overarching point is, was this part of what we're talking about? Did this get aerosolized and could it be used? And there's a lot of hypotheticals there, but I just want your thoughts right. on the way out today and what that could mean, where we're going. I mean, this kind of stuff is very alarming to me. Oh, last point was mm-hmm. another thing that she posted. Can anyone explain how all-cause mortality in the U.K. in April 2020 spiked at exactly the same time in every region when travel roads to the U.K. were overwhelmingly via the Southeast? Now, the point is this is included in the overarching kind of point. I think the point Jicky Leakes is getting at is how else would you effectively make that happen without some kind of broad mass distribution like aerosolization?
3: These right. are just
2: hypotheticals. I'm not saying we're sure. but I find that to be pretty interesting. I think?
3: think there's a lot of evidence that that's... The- possibly already been done and oh, yeah. that they're, you know, that they're making plans to do more of it. I mean, that's a, what a lot of whether or not it's specifically under uh, the viral model, you know, mm-hmm. as an aerosolized virus, or if it's just toxins that they're releasing that right. are going to create, you know, those the symptoms that we may attribute to being whatever it is that they tell us that we have. Right. Uh, because that's so, that's what most of this uh, geoengineering is doing. That's what all these chemtrails and they 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 release. And that we have this is not you know this is not speculative. We have lots of evidence of them. And they talk about well you know we're going to quarantine it to this area. Don't mm-hmm. worry, it's only just this isolated area. Really, if it, if you're dropping it on a population, how how can you? How can you verify that that's going to be contained? <laughs> it, it's, it's impossible.
2: The, the ones they've done in the past with with rabbits, like there was yeah. also test undone on rabbits, and was one of the only that I know is, um, excuse me, was publicized. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. All sorts of bad things happened. It infected. Yeah. it got wildly out of control. And I think that they they know this, and I think the whole point is that they don't care they about don't the side care. effects as long as they're achieving the end goal. I you know? can't
3: remember what the one I read I, I'm familiar with the rabbit study but there was another one it wasn't too long ago and they they said they were gonna do a testing on a population and that that was the question that kept coming up it's like well so it's just gonna stay confined like that, that's absurd no,
2: no I mean it's literally the whole point and I'll play I'll play this on the way out actually the video that I often play about this kind of like tangential you know world international community, think tank discussion about self-spreading vaccines and the way they're using that with food and all sorts of things. And well, Well, and
3: the mosquito, sorry, the mosquitoes. And I mean, that's a very, very real concern. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They just Uh, had a big new outbreak in in, in Australia with the mosquito discussion. We know that Bill Gates overlap there. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's o- OxyTech is one of the main companies, right? That they used mm-hmm. and it's it's everywhere. I mean, and I'm not saying we know for sure that there's something going on there, but we do know that they're genetically modified. And we do are seeing right now in real time that they clearly don't know the fallout that comes along with these kind of experiments. Well, you know, I mean,
3: they, we know that the experiments itself are being done and those alone right. have ramifications. That's whether or not is. they yeah. But
2: could they be also using that to deliver something is your exactly. point? I, I, right. I agree. Right. Certainly, certainly possible. I mean, I just don't know why we would even balk at that. Like, for instance, you can take an example of like Operation Sea Spray. You can look it up on Wikipedia, where the government literally sprayed an infectious agent over the South uh, San Francisco Bay. People died, And it was just to find out what happened. You know, and yes, that was a while ago, but we can see examples going way up until now. They're just better at, you know, muddying the waters of the conversation these days, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's it's quite alarming to see where this is going. And I, I definitely think that this is part of if not as you said already happening exactly where that this this is going to be going and it will be under the guise of well we have to because climate change or because everyone's going to die if we don't or because do you know it's the moral thing to do or if you even get to the moral conversation it'll become the the compulsory moral bioenhancement argument that well if we're going to do it we should do it covertly and that's what we may already be there yeah Yeah. yeah i agree with you yeah well, hi, great talk with you today. Thank you for joining me. I really do enjoy your 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 perspective. You know, and you, we see things very similarly. And I I was yeah. talking with you. Um, Likewise, I agree. And 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 by the way, on that note, make sure you guys are looking. Keep an eye out for our upcoming pirate stream episodes yeah. with Scott, and a lot more coming your way on that in that regard in general. Um, Anything else you want to talk about before we leave today? Any final comments or upcoming stuff you know get into? Um,
3: Well, the episode I released today was with Matt. Matt Arad, who you uh, recommended that I read his article, which was kind of on this topic of the two-party illusion stemming Mm -hmm. from uh, the economic model. And, uh, yeah, so that's out today. Definitely go check my uh, website and uh, find me at Courtney Turner. Yeah.
2: I'll grab it. I'll, I'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah. Matt Matt's doing excellent work and it's, you know, contentious work for sure. But I, and I, we, I think we will eventually have you and I even have a conversation about that. I think we were yes. possibly going to do that today, but, yes. but the point being is that it's, it's attacking the core, the roots of the two party illusion. And, and the problem is that people that are invested in that illusion take it only as an attack on their side. And so you get attacked from everybody. And the truth is that we are being played from long, long existing manipulations as I know, you know, well, so it's yeah, like for time. sure. And
3: what I love is a, uh, uh, and I love that when we have these discussions because you break it down into things that are happening in real time mm-hmm. and that are so practical and tangible for people to see how they're being manipulated from this false managed dialectic. So
2: right, right, and it's it's a. <laughs> I've never seen more obviously viewable examples than today. I mean, it's just like right in front of you. That's why it's just kind of like that meme of the, you know, everyone's like, no, I don't want to know because it's hard. I get it. It's hard. Cognitive dissonance can be tough, you know, but we're going to keep fighting because we are fighting, especially for those out there that don't want to hear what we're saying. We're fighting. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. And as always, everybody out there, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. (laughs)
1: Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? Is this a forward march of science or a mistake? Join our live event at the 2020 Euroscience Open Forum to explore these questions using recent real-world examples.
4: Questions get asked when people have hesitancy or reluctance to get vaccinated. Did you go too quickly is the first. The answer to that is, the speed was a reflection of extraordinary scientific advances and did not compromise safety, nor did it compromise scientific integrity. The next question is, okay, but what about the fact, is it really safe and is it really effective? Or is this something the government is trying to put over on us is this something that companies want to take advantage of well let's take a look at what's happened over the past few months we've had clinical trials and thanks to the volunteers in that trial in tens of thousands who have put themselves on the line to prove to the country and the world that these are safe and effective products it is really bittersweet The bitterness is the fact of what the Vice President mentioned. We still are in the middle of a very difficult situation with record numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. But the sweetness is the light at the end of the tunnel, which I can tell you as we get into January, February, March, and April, that light is going to get brighter and brighter, and the bitterness is going to be replaced by the sweetness. And we all hope, and I think this is doable, That by the time we get to several months into this year, we will have enough people protected that we can start thinking seriously about the return to normality. And that's up to all of us to step forward and get vaccinated.